0: Recording and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe is currently MIA. Uh, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I are normally discuss new movies weekly. However, it is October, which means it is our horror month uh, where we record these special bonus horror episodes. We've done it for the past several years and this month is no different Year is no difference. We are in the second week of October, uh, where we'll be talking a, no- a new topic. We just released our uh, horror adaptation episode last week, and I think that was a lot of fun to record, a lot of fun to put together. Hope everybody enjoys that. Um, and this week, for our second tour special of the month, we are doing a director spotlight. Uh, we did these a couple years ago with a couple notable filmmakers, uh, but this week, um, I wanted to do this specifically because we lost two Big horror icons and you know the world of horror as well as other areas, but um, two you know very notable directors, George A. Romero and Toby Hooper, both passed away this past year, which was you know sad to hear about and whatnot. And we'll, we'll get to them you know individually as we go on. But yeah, that's the plan for this week. We're going to go over the uh, kind of careers and legacies of these two filmmakers, Romero and Hooper. Joining me to discuss these two. Iconic filmmakers we have from Wise Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast. He's a crazy night rider whose monkey always shines on the day of the dead. It's Brandon Peters.
1: When there's no more room on radio, the podcast will stream the earth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and from Joe Blow and the producer of the upcoming Sick for Toys, he's walking on eggshells around poltergeist to preserve his life force from the invaders from Mars. It's Jimmy O.
2: They
3: may anything really clever to say, so I'll just say, "Kill her, Grandpa, hit her on the head."
2: That's all <laughs> okay.
3: The buzz is back. <laughs> how
0: how are you two doing? Today? Yes,
3: I love that trailer. Excellent. Oh my god, and hey, we're good. Excellent. Good. well he said.
0: Well, good. Glad glad to have you both here as always. My two regulars when it comes to these horror episodes, this should be fun. Um, of course, it's, you know, <laughs> in the midst of an already sad week, it's sad to talk about two horror filmmakers that passed away, but, you know, there's a lot of good films between the two that we're really going to get into, um, and so I, I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot to, lot to break ground on here. Uh, let me do some show notes stuff up front. First up, as I mentioned, our our first horror special of this month is already up, Horror annotation. You can find that now on iTunes and Boom. You can also find our 300th episode, which we recently did, parts one and two. Um, up there, as well as our commentary track for Blade Runner. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 opens this week, and if you need to prepare, and you're like, I would like to listen to random podcasters talk about that movie that came out 30, forty five years ago. Great way to do it, right there. You got a commentary track for it, Brandon. You're on that.
1: I am. <laughs> it's one of my favorites already. But, uh... Yeah. So yeah,
0: that's uh, that's all Sounds that good. out of the way. You can of course you know rate and review our show over at iTunes. That'd be great. It helps us out, especially if you like these horror episodes, which so I'm told you guys really like these horror episodes. That's why we keep doing them. Um, so with all that out of the way, uh, let's get into it, guys. Let's get to let's uh, let's go into these directors. Uh, as I've mentioned several times already, which makes me more and more depressed as I talk. They both passed away this year. As many know, George Romero was known for basically fathering the zombie genre there's certainly been movies that involve zombies before we've talked about that previously on this podcast in our zombie themed episode from last year Uh, but you know romero's kind of the guy who set up a lot of standards that are still utilized to this day as far as zombies go there's other films we'll get into as well from him. Um, Hooper, on the other hand, he's known for Texas Chainsaw Massacre and a number of other films, but that's certainly, you know, one of the kind of biggest claims to fame that he had. Poltergeist isn't a huge one, obviously, but we'll get to him later on. Um, but we're going to start mm-hmm. with uh, George e. Romero. Where is he from, guys? He's, uh, he, well, he's from New Pittsburgh. York. He's from Pittsburgh. Or New York. He's 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 known for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think he's, like, born in New York and even lived in Canada for a while. Yeah, but he's, yeah he's he's a Pittsburgh guy. All his, A lot of his movies were being filmed in pittsburgh dawn of the dead famously used the pittsburgh mall it was you know the, the mm. major you know set for that film but yeah uh, where he started obviously is uh, night of the living dead that's you know the breakout film he had his first movie
2: yeah uh
1: basically yeah he drew some inspiration from what we talked about last week uh the vincent price movie last man on earth yeah which uh he used the what how they uh, tackled vampires in that movie and applied uh, it toward the zombies, which was referred referred to as ghouls initially. Ghouls, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Uh, what was it? Was it like uh, the original title he wanted was like "Night of the Flesh Eaters" or something like that? And then they said that wasn't going to sell I well. So some, it was... Someone, someone convinced him to change it to "Living Dead," and I don't know if "Flesh Eaters" would have traveled too far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh,
0: what I'm saying, yeah, the um, there was actually there's a kind of a more comedic version of this film originally written that was just called Monster Flick, um, which obviously morphed uh-huh. and became a, uh-huh. you know, it became a thing uh-huh. about flesh eaters. That um, sounds
1: like one of those stupid parody movies. That yeah. <laughs> Monster <laughs> Flick, yeah. One that, of yeah. surprise, hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. You know, well, I, I know it's a little off topic, but I always think about because when I was a kid, I saw Night of the Living Dead, and it was one of my favorite movies. It still is. But I remember afterwards, like it was a Halloween movie marathon or something on TV, they showed another zombie movie, and I was like, why is this so weird and funny? And it was obviously a complete rip-off of Romero, but I don't know if you've seen Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Oh, yeah, That is the far. comedic version of Night of the yeah, it's a, it's it's actually a lot of fun. It's very entertaining and very funny. It's a little off topic, but no, I, you know. I hear you. No, yeah. but
0: and I think we've we've mentioned children shouldn't play with dead things before on this podcast actually. Uh, because, because probably of Bob, yeah because of Bob. I think probably around our slasher film time where we're talking about like proto slashers and Bob yeah. Clark's work um, and whatnot. Yeah, um, absolutely. Obviously, a bit different, but yes, with not. I mean. We've talked. The thing with these zombie movies is we've talked about a lot about these movies in the past. So I'm trying not to like really kind of repeat too much stuff. But uh, you know, a notable quality of Night of the Living Dead, which is a masterpiece. I I, I love Night of the Living Dead. I love a lot. Night and Dawn are two of my favorite movies Brilliant. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but Night of the Living Dead. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, one of the major factors that kind of drove uh, you know Romero's directing career and writing career specifically into a, a, a direction was you know how it ended and just even like kind of the thematic content going on where. While he claims that it wasn't, you know, initially an intention for him to make that movie specifically about, you know, race or, you know, seemingly a social commentary on race, that's what's been taken away from it, given the, you know, the presence of uh, Joanne Jones's character um, and how he, you know, survives the night being the lone black guy and it ends up being shot by, you know, the white guys on the hunt for zombies anyway by the end of the film. Uh, This is a full spoilers podcast, by the way. That that, that,
3: might, yeah. (laughs) That might actually happen in this day and age, to be honest.
0: Well, like, it, but, sure it's, but, it's, but in saying that, the films that he made <laughs> following, they all have, and much like horror films in general, which you talked about, but they all do have this kind of this social commentary running through them. It's, it's a notable quality in all of Romero's mm-hmm. films. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Very specifically Romero, too. I mean, others, you can you can glean certain facts or think about, you know, like a lot of these 70s horror films obviously have Vietnam on the mind or what have you. We'll talk about that with Hooper as well. But Romero's a guy that very much, yeah. especially after this, maybe, you know, he may not have been intentionally doing it this time around, but his films that followed, he did very much, have, you know, certainly the more notable ones. He certainly had a lot to say in his writing, and that that's really what sticks out to me when I think of Romero, who is a guy that, you know, he's a competent film, he's a competent filmmaker, but also one that really wanted to address certain topics the best way he could, which was making, you know, horror movies.
1: Well, I think, you know, he can say he, Mm -hmm. he did it unintentionally in, in Night of the Living Dead, but where that comes from is, you know, it's a super low budget film and the, you know, he can't have like zombies all over like he'd want to. There's no budget. The effects are harder than he's creating something. So he's got to make the in-between scenes as interesting as the monster scenes, and that's mm-hmm. where that comes from. Is The filler stuff is mm-hmm. very compelling and, you know, even takes over. The zombies are just end up being the details, um, but the thematics and stuff is all about the people in the house. That's where, you know, the, some of the real villainy comes from, some of the, you know, and a lot of the specifics that it gets praised for is because what he probably felt was filler, he was writing meaningful stuff, or it got taken more mm-hmm. meaningful than maybe he intended.
0: For sure, and that's absolutely where... Well, where I would, you know, everything I'm saying has an asterisk because you can find all of this in our zombie episode, but that's what I love about really good zombie movies is that the yeah. zombies, yes, the effects are, can be cool or, you know, you can admire the filmmaking on that front as a horror film, but as far as a kind of social thriller, which they tend to be the good ones... The, those are my, those are the ones that I really love and why I love those as far as the horror genre goes because there's a lot of interesting things going on with the characters because zombies are just a means to an end. So it's well, those relationships between people that form or antagonistic relationships in many cases that make those movies even more powerful as a horror film than just being a, you know, a thing about a guy getting eaten.
1: And I find it funny that now it, like, it's just now in the modern era that many general audiences are discovering this because of their love for The Walking Dead where I hear people like, you know why it's good? because it's you know the people, not the zombies. Like, yeah, that's been the way the good zombie films have been since you know '68.
3: Like, <laughs> yeah, it it drives me <laughs> crazy when people that. I mean, it, and it's 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 a common common way to tell a story in horror. You, you see it all the time. We talked about that in the mist as well. I don't know if we discussed that specifically, but you have a group of people who are all very different backgrounds and all different, all trying to survive. And you see the ugliness of society, and you see the ugliness of these characters come out in full. And it, it for, I mean, it's a little campy, but man, is it—it's potent. That stuff was potent, and it—you felt it when you, you know, especially with the lead character, you're kind of like this guy. You know, he's going to get screwed in some way, shape, or form. But it's—it's. It's, it, I love the character work in that movie. It's—it's it's frightening. It makes it scary.
0: Oh, so this movie was a hit. Um, it uh, I don't I don't know numbers offhand you know it's from the what sixty68 so I mean, but it um it was it was it it was like one of the, like the I believe at the time because was like an independent film essentially it was like one one of those like really successful independent films that you know was made for almost nothing and you know for its right. time especially became this kind of huge hit. Um,
1: well, this is going to be just like uh, mm-hmm. just like when we get to Hooper, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Both these guys break <laughs> out uh first you know first movie first big movie, uh nobody made any money off of and they were huge hits and these legendary films because of like weird rights mishaps and things like that
0: that's the other thing night mm-hmm. it's mean, like mm-hmm. strange movie where like there are no rights around so anybody can use it for things right is that mm-hmm. yeah
1: like yep. if you see like a uh, uh, you know people do showings or like on TV like you know they'll try to like up for halloween weekend bring back the old horror host thing and it's usually it's Night of the Living Dead. Oh, I wonder why. Or even or like Carnival, it, Carnival uh,
2: Souls. Or even
1: like
0: on on uh, in movies when like you know a character
1: plays a movie on
0: TV like that's one of the go tos. Um, Halloween too. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like you could just yeah, yeah there, there's no absolutely. cost to put that on the screen, so it's like there's no one to right. have deal with, which. I always find that interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I was just watching uh, the Big Sick with Anna the other day, and that's one of the movies Kumail plays for Emily. Right. <laughs> yeah, just puts yeah. the TV on. Night like the Living Dead. It's like because that and, movie. And uh,
1: Doctor Fives.
0: And yeah, Doctor <laughs> Fives. Yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, Dead, I mean, again, we've talked plenty about this movie and some of the other movies we're about, you know going through, but you know Romero became a thing there. He got I mean it's not just a movie that, you know, holds onto a legacy because it's the one of the first to do the thing it was doing, but it was also well regarded. I know uh, uh, Roger Ebert among others was one that championed the movie quite heavily as far as just how effective it was at doing what it needed to be done, uh showing you a level of gore that you're not necessarily used to be mm-hmm. seeing in movies mm-hmm. like this. I mean, there's I'm sure it was probably faced some form of controversy in its day. But no, it's it's Oh, um, well,
3: yeah. I mean the the, contra- the controversy was that uh, kids were allowed to see it. Yes, yeah, yeah. this didn't have a rating, yeah. so you had kids going to see the movie, and you're yeah. like, "Okay, this is, like my kid is scarred for life because he saw this movie." It's, and you can uh,
1: have a watch uh, they, a kid murder their parents even, too <laughs> within that movie. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. So what's next? What, what comes next?
1: In uh, uh, there's Vanero's always Vanilla he goes, uh There's there's actually a box set coming out uh, from Arrow Video called uh, Between uh, Night and Dawn. Uh, which includes these next three films: "There's Always Vanilla," "Season of the Witch," and "The Crazies." Okay. Which I've never seen. "There's mm. Always Vanilla." I've I've seen "The Crazies."
3: That is the only one I haven't seen. I've seen "The Crazies." I've seen "Season of the Witch." I've never seen. Although I haven't seen "Season of the
1: Witch" since I was a kid. So yeah, I haven't seen "Season of the Witch" in yeah, a long Brandon, time. you may have too. It's a it's a stepford yeah, wife kind of uh, movie. Yeah, but I yeah, yeah it's been a long time. Um. The crazies, though, that's like his uh, test out for uh, Dawn of the Dead, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. And that's... The, the the crazies, I, I
0: like the crazies for what it's trying to do more than as a movie itself, if that makes sense. I, I really like the concept. I like there's some scenes that I really enjoy in it. And that's why I, I was I'm OK. Like, do, do you guys like the remake? I'm kind of I'm like, OK, on it.
3: Like, yeah, I think the remake's solid. Oh, I, I like the remake. Yeah, actually, they 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 both work on different levels. But okay. I think George Romero. I think you hit it on the head. It's it's not necessarily a good film, but it the ideas behind it are so captivating that you kind of can't help but be brought in and intrigued by it because a lot of great ideas there. It's just okay. it looks very cheap. It looks very just dirty and gritty and. Ugly
1: in, in a way. I like the look of it. It was shot by Bill Heinzman who played the the first zombie in *Night of the Living Dead*. He got his first uh, cinematography gig uh, doing *The Crazies*, mm-hmm. which it, it's got a really nice. It's got kind of like that typical like '70s look when people like nowadays go back and try to make things look '70s.
2: Yeah,
0: no, uh, I, I know exactly yeah. what you mean, it, and it's still at a point like Romero. <laughs> he's a very static filmmaker especially during his early career like he doesn't right. move the camera very much so it's it's interesting to see some of these you know these older films and see kind of how they're shot um because that's one where i feel like if he made the crazies later in his career there might be a better movie that comes out of this as a whole <laughs> but um it mm-hmm. it just yeah it,
3: well it's I, think it, the, I think it works it's more called down the dead exactly yeah
0: you're yeah. right yeah yeah which is also very yeah, exactly. static but we'll, we'll get to that in a second <laughs> but um uh,
3: I, I'll tell you, I, yeah. I miss static filmmakers. They're, people are so spastic the way they move the cameras now. It's annoying.
1: Well, a lot of that's
3: done. I in, miss that.
1: A lot of that's done in post, too. Like, they might not, they won't shoot it that way, but then someone post will want to up the intensity and they can shake it post. And that's yeah,
3: it, it drives them crazy.
1: Um, I noticed that with, like, the most recent, like, not to derail, but the most recent Resident Evil, he had. Paul Thomas Anderson or Paul Thomas Anderson, Paul W S Anderson, <laughs> had it. He directed action fine in the fourth and fifth one, and you get to the sixth one, it looks like crap. Well, there was a different editor on it than the fourth and fifth one, and that's where mm. it came. But um, yeah, moving moving on. But no, the crazies yeah. just kind of got this uh, body snatchers vibe to it too. Oh, for sure, sure. Yeah. For those who sure. don't
0: know the crazies, it's the idea is that like a, a biological weapon's kind of been unleashed on a small town, and so everyone just starts people just start slowly going. Well, crazy over <laughs> than like, uh, it's yeah. it's like a, it's instead of zombies, it's just it's it's more twenty eight days later. It's more rage virus essentially. Right. Yeah, um,
3: exactly, it, exactly.
0: And it's hitting on some some ideas uh, as far as kind of the time. I mean, it's made, made in seventy three, so it's you know kind of uh, Vietnam Cold War stuff. I mean, it, you know the general themes that you'd kind
3: of tackle in this day and age, but uh, it it works, and that's well, something... horror has a way of being. Mm-hmm. Horror has a way of being relevant, uh, politically speaking, whenever, or, you know, back then you had the Vietnam War. And a, a lot of these movies were about that you, in the 50s. You, and we've talked about this several times, I, yeah, I, I believe. Oh, yeah. you, invasion of the Body, Statures, com- Communism. So, and, you know, you, weirdly, today, the crazy actually feels pretty relevant. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, a lot of these, like, will come back and feel relevant again. Like, they'll feel relevant mm-hmm. for their time. Things go, you know, that's just, I guess, like, of cyclical. So,
0: well, well, yeah, yeah. That, that's the other problem with the Crazy Remake is that they made it too soon. Like they should, if they made it like <laughs> if they made it this year, and Tim Oliphant's oh Tim Olofans still in the lead, I'd be all about this movie. <laughs> like it's gonna be I, crazy.
1: I will say though, that's a case where you know, remaking the Crazies, that's that's a film that lends itself to remake. I, I agree I mean, completely. it, did, it, it didn't I have like a f- agree, extremely yeah. familiar IP. It's something that can be improved upon, so that's what you remake. Yeah, uh, but, unlike yeah. a movie that's already fine.
0: That's, why, that's but, why I was very excited about the... Because, I mean... It was coming out around that time when you had, like, some of these remakes that were being more successful than, I mean, the Dawn of the Dead remake, which is five years earlier than this, granted, or six years earlier than yeah. the crazies, but it was, like, it was, it's, like, if you can remake that film, let alone, like, Savini's Night of the Living Dead, like, if you can remake those and make them work well enough, the crazies should be pretty straightforward, and, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's good stuff in it, I don't remember it all that well, I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters, but there, I remember there's some good sequences, I, and I liked Tim Oliphant, I mean, the whole cast was pretty solid, actually, I think, uh, Ron mm, Mitchell, absolutely. Uh, Joe Anderson, Daniel Pan like there's good people in there the... joe
3: anderson's always good that guy is so reliable he's such a good actor
0: yeah actually i like him quite a bit too i've seen him in a number of things I'm like this guy's good i don't need to be in more stuff <laughs> yeah
3: selective. yeah i agree
0: what's that thing i saw. What was it um the there was that show that stupid show that i watched every episode of the river
3: uh, <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> the they, uh, from, Orin, from the from or-
0: yeah from oren pelly it was that like it was yeah. abc's it was like ABC made like a found footage TV show set in the Amazon. Like it was like I
3: tried, I tried, I gave up. <laughs> it was. It wasn't that I long, so it. I was like,
0: and I was in, I was into it well enough because it had some. It had him, and it had a couple. It had Joe Bruce Greenwood was a big part of it. Leslie Hope, was yeah, 24. yeah. Uh, Brandon was she was in, she oh, was yeah. in there. Oh so, yeah. But um, uh, what else? Okay, so we're talking about the craze a lot. What's next? It's uh Martin. Uh,
1: right? Martin. But before that, like, I want to note he made an O.J. Simpson documentary called Juice on the Loose. And man, <laughs> talk about things coming back and being relevant, right? Yeah, no kidding, yeah. right? Yeah, he's. Uh, but, uh, Martin, which a lot of people consider his best film.
3: Yeah, I I, I love Martin, but I I don't I wouldn't consider it. His best I wouldn't film. either.
1: It's it's good. It's 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 Romero's different. favorite of his films.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I think he, it was you know when you're known for only making one thing, when people go, oh my god, I love Martin, and he must be like, thank God someone saw something else <laughs> right. besides why dead movies, you know? I because I'm sure he would, even though he loved making them. It obviously they're you know it's nice to get the little credit for your other stuff, mm-hmm. as it were.
1: And <laughs> this movie, like, it feels. I mean, it feels like *Kiss of the Vampire*. It was like, in you know, an odd way, the Nicolas Cage one is like an odd way a remake of Martin. Or oh, yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: every, every time, I, yeah, Martin. yeah. I think the idea is that there is a guy like believes himself to be a vampire, and so and so he, uh, he 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 goes. To, what he goes to. Um,
1: he, like, commits murders. He commits and... mur- yeah, he just starts yeah. kind of acting as if he's a
0: vampire. Like, it's, it's a it's a weird movie, but, like, yeah, it, it's got some good stuff in it, and I just I can't ever see it because it doesn't have, like, a release that's proper for me. It, you, you can mm. watch it,
1: um, uh, it, it, there's some, it. Since the rights are, I mean, it's unavailable unless you buy a secondhand copy for hundreds of dollars. There There is a public streaming service that there happens to be a copy of it on. Yeah, I'm not so. settling for that. I'm, mm. I'm
0: waiting for some kind of great release for it to eventually happen.
1: Yeah, I know, right? And, um, yeah. and yeah, then so. comes the, the Dawn, the same year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dawn, yeah, Dawn of the Dead, same year. 78. Uh, Which Martin actually is notable because that's where he met Tom Savini. Yes. <laughs>
0: Which bears a fruitful relationship from then on. I don't know how much I need to talk about Dawn of the Dead. I, I've talked about it plenty in the past all the time because it's one of my was- favorite movies.
1: Yeah. Donovan Point on that it begins his relationship with Dario Argento too, who mm-hmm. starts recutting his films for overseas releases and has Goblin music.
0: Yep, yeah, about it. the soundtrack, um, it's a huge factor as well. Um,
3: yeah,
0: I mean this is. I mean it's a further escalation of everything he's been doing so far, as far as you know, the work as a director, the work as a writer. Uh, I do think this has some of his strongest writing. Um, probably maybe his, oh, maybe his strongest writing yeah. uh, as a you know as a screenwriter um, given the the large amount of character work going on
3: in this movie i, I mean it's not we talked about it a lot right i, 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 well, I think, talk, yeah yeah we're talking about like uh movies that you know why why his movies work and, and why that the, the characters are so appealing and so interesting one of my favorite scenes in dawn is like not even gory not even scary it's just such a profound, amazing moment where the lead girl, and I'm trying to think of her name. I think it's, is it Galen Ross?
0: That's the actress. That, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. She's um, uh, Fran, Francine. Yeah.
3: yeah. The scene where she's sitting by the gate or you know, by the glass and she sees a zombie, the girl, and she just sits watching her. And it's just a, it's such a powerful, subtle moment. That movie has a lot of those moments. Yeah. A lot of really yeah, great. There's a whole
0: great. I mean, the middle section of the film. There's a good. There's a lot of moments where there's just. There's a lot of like minutes, like several minutes. A good mood
1: to it. There's a
0: lot of good, but there's a lot of minutes that go by where there's just no zombies whatsoever. And there's a great part where like Ken for, is just like practicing tennis. He hits a ball over the side of the building and it lands, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right, there's zombies here. Like it's just like it just kind of gives you a reminder. Yeah, they're still Mm -hmm. stuck. Uh, but yeah, they're just living a life. (laughs) That's what they're doing, and it. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's, it's very yeah. effective. And as great a cast, study. yeah, great cast. Oh yeah. For well, sure. and it's
1: also yeah. now like going back to it, it's like it's nostalgia trip for me, looking at like what a mall used to look like.
2: <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I,
1: it reminds me like the ads and stuff. It's just, I mean, they it's it's a nice little blast from the past.
3: It really is such a great movie, such a fantastic film. And it, it, you know, people, I do the. the a lot of uh, uh, young, younger zombie fans, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. I've heard some complain about the makeup and the green or whatever, and I'm just like, it, it, it always, I, I, I kind of find that weird because it, there are certain filmmakers like Dario Argento that have a style, it doesn't necessarily look realistic, but mm-hmm. it's a specific style, you know, when Suspiria when she's stabbing her in the heart, it's it's so ridiculous looking, but it's freaking gorgeous. I I think the same with this film. There's so many the, the zombies have a style and they they look creepy. It's yeah, yeah they don't look well, realistic, but then again, zombies aren't walking around lately, so at least not that I know.
1: Well, it's oh. like when people complain about the Planet of the Apes, the old movies with like with the the makeup there. I'm like, that's Academy Award winning makeup. That changed effects. That was huge. Yeah.
2: But people are like, it
1: looks fake I'm like, well, no shit, it's a human talking ape (laughs) (laughs) You know, like
0: they could have got real chimpanzees and trained them to talk like I do. Like I don't know. Yeah. If you watch or, the
1: movie, there, there's more to it than oh, I, sp- I bet they're in makeup.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. look at you, I, smart guy. To, to, to not I go too far that. off it, to not to go too far on that, but like with Dawn of the dead, how I've always regarded it, it is much like Jimmy you just said. Whereas you know, there are directors that have a style, and this movie I've always regarded as basically a comic book movie. I mean, it very much has mm-hmm. this kind of energy of a comic book. Um, sure. That, where you have these kind of these over the top action sequels... I mean look at the end with the motorcycle gang I mean it it feels ripped mm-hmm. out of the pages of a, like a graphic novel in the the kind of the way they look I think it's a there is a heightened reality here
1: that I don't I think I mean that guy putting know. his arm mm-hmm. in the in the uh, blood pressure thing is something out of like random panels in a comic book like it mm-hmm. totally feels that way and i mean it given
0: where you know the next Films are going before he gets back to Zombies of Day. I mean, it it kind of fits what he's doing here.
3: Yeah, it really does.
0: I I want to keep moving, but like, cause Night Riders is next. Um,
1: Oh yeah, Night Riders gives us that fantastic picture of Tom Savini in that little thong thing for that shoot. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yes. Oh, oh yeah, God.
0: yeah. And what you know, Savini, you know, is yeah. known as a makeup guy, but you know, he is an actor. Like he has been in a yeah. lot of movies. <laughs> like, he's mm-hmm. he's he was Romero's a lot. guy.
1: And he <laughs> plays like various roles. He's not just like you know, oh, he's a scumbag or this. I mean, yeah, yeah, but he, you know, he yeah. of course he's the biker. He played a role in Martin here, in Night Riders, was like Ed Harris's like rival, or it's like his Lancelot almost in mm-hmm. the. Because it's about a. For people that don't know, it's about a Renaissance fair group that. <laughs> does jousting on, like, motorcycles and stuff, and it's about them coming to a crossroads with one another. And, yes, like, it, people it's, a, selling it's out. as amazing as it sounds, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's epic- pretty awesome. Long, but it's something people should just see, because there's no... There, I don't think it, there's... There's no movie like it, like, yep. ever. It's no. so unique.
0: It is, cra- like, it is crazy that th- during this time, Romero also, like, this is, like, his long part of his career. Or because, like, Gone of the Dead's over two hours. Night Riders is almost two and a half hours. Creep shows two hours. Uh, and Anthology movies two hours, like, which they should always be short. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, it, it's um, Night Riders... <laughs> It's just the plot alone. It's like why, why people people should see Night Riders. It's it's, uh, it's yes yeah. because it's, it's not it's not even dramatic. like horror really. Like it's not even, yeah. no, it's it's not not, even a horror movie. It's Not horror at all.
1: It's 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 George Romero's attempt at like drama. Uh, yeah, it's his, it's
0: his music of the heart. Like that's what this movie right, is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if one, yeah, if one thing sticks that's out funny. on his resume, it's Night Riders. Like it's yeah.
0: You wouldn't think it's a drop. Like looking at this poster, it's like this is this is George Aramero's serious movie. <laughs> like, I know, but Chain right. wearing a little suit of armor and on a
3: motorcycle.
1: <laughs> it's the one that hit close to home for him, you know. It's the, it's the one that
3: helped to deal with that disease he had. <laughs> it's a personal story, a very 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 very. Yeah.
2: Got him through very a very personal back.
3: story. Yeah, it's his K-pack. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, let's uh, move on uh,
0: to, to the next one, a uh, Creepshow. show, um,
1: with, the King relationship.
0: Yeah, hey, this is a screenplay uh-huh. by Stephen King and directed by Romero. Um, anyway, I was just talking about comic book films with you know Dawn of the Dead. This is this is very much designed to be like a, like an homage to those horror comics, to like Tales from the Crypt when it was still a comic or
2: uh-huh. uh, other
0: like old school horror comics. And it's there's a lot of like so creep show. I like creep show quite a bit. I do think it's long uh that which is always my problem but at the same time I don't I don't know what I would get rid of to make it shorter cuz they're all like really they're solid they're all solid little shorts mm-hmm.
3: shorts yeah i agree uh
0: stephen
1: king's obviously the best cuz he's I the best actor ever i know which stephen king would get rid of <laughs> <laughs> stephen king's amazing yeah. in this movie it's he won't so even he won't even come back and talk about it cuz he doesn't want to talk about his acting segment he's so like, terrible there yeah. was a he's huge, really bad there was a documentary, I think, that Michael Felsher made about Creepshow, and Stephen King refused to come back for it. They got everybody but him.
0: That's one where wow. I, I saw that when I was very young, and I only saw that part, uh, The Lonesome Death of Jordy Viril. Um <laughs> And it's like, the, the idea is that he's... Um, he like a meteor lands and he touches Uh it and it just kind of spreads like it spreads all like a plant all over him and i remember just being like i was young so i wasn't really thinking about the acting i was thinking more about the situation of how it's like oh this guy can't get this stuff off him and then he gets covered in it and he has to shoot himself to like because he just can't deal with this it's just like oh my god (laughs) this is so terrible Uh but but then watching it years later as an adult in addition to the rest of creep show which is awesome it's like Okay, yeah, Stephen King is hilariously bad in this movie.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's why that's I'm saying it's, it's not that he's he I, again. He's terrible, but there's something so like he just goes for it, and it's so much oh, yeah, fun he, to watch. He has
0: that Tommy Vercio awesome
3: quality to game. him,
0: like where it's like it's it's a it's a train wreck, but you can't stop for watching sure. the train wreck.
3: <laughs> for sure, and, and since he's like the only one in the in the actual short. If I remember correctly, I think yes. it's just him. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Like,
0: I, I assume he took it to stage after he
3: first filmed it because he thought he was so great. Oh, God, he <laughs> it's should. A it's the one-man show. <laughs> I would go see that. I would go see that in a heartbeat. I would love to. So there you go. I'll tell you what. Yeah.
1: Oh, a creep show that huh, creeped me out when I was younger was seeing um, – I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The 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 one with Ted Danson, Leslie yeah, Nielsen, yeah, 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 yeah. with mm-hmm. two known at, for me at the time comedic actors, is something that just like creeped me out. Was, like, I thought that was really like Leslie Nielsen was like pretty f- vile, and then the zombies mm-hmm. that they came back, that was kind of just creeped me out.
3: People always forget Leslie Nielsen, and we again we talked about this before. He was an Leslie actor. Leslie Nielsen always played assholes. Yeah, he he was an actor and he played assholes a lot.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. before he
3: uh, t- that, that day of that. the animals. That, you know, that, that's well, what... okay. Quick, what, yeah. what is your favorite one? What are what, what, which, which one is you, do you guys like the best? How oh, the creep show? Well, the,
0: the, the, the uh, was it something to tide you over? That's the Ted Yeah, show yeah, that that's that what one. I
1: like. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the
0: crate. Also, the one with Hal Hallbrook. I like,
1: mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I, I like the wraparound with Tom Atkins, another Pittsburgh guy. Of course. For, uh, the great Tom, Tom Atkins, Atkins. Yeah. rules. Tom Atkins playing like a role that yeah. feels like he was just right at home to play. The, uh, Mm-hmm. Drunk asshole dad, yeah,
3: so good, so good. I I, I think I still love the uh, the one that just got under under my skin. They're creeping up on you. I love that one. I because lo- cockroaches are just gross. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. I, I haven't love watched Creep Show in a while, dude. Now, oh, like, I. I, like every time I do, we do these and I, we talk about a bunch of movies. I'm like, I want to watch this right now. Uh, like like I have like mm-hmm. The Haunting sitting on my desk because I'm like I, we talked about The Haunting on last week's episode. I'm like, I want to watch The Haunting right now. Uh, oh, you should. You you're have. talk about the
1: the Liam Neeson one, right? Obviously, the, yes. So, yeah. Wow,
2: man. Oh, okay. oh just wow.
0: Let's
1: just
2: stop, just stop. So not upset Jimmy. Who, we're,
0: we're on a good roll right
2: now.
0: <laughs> 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 um, moving past creep shows, Day of the Dead. This is an interesting one.
1: Is it as good as the first two, or is it like it's it has things that are it's up there with in the in the well, when it first came out,
3: it, no one liked it.
1: Yeah, yeah no one did, and. and it's weird going back to it now. I'm almost like, is it as good it, as the other? Like, what's pretty... what? I can't figure out what's holding it back for me.
3: Well, for
0: I know for me, I it's pretty clear. Um, it's the characters. Uh, they're they're very one dimensional. That's all. Yes. I They especially after Don.
1: Just classic.
0: I I mean, but that's it. A, there's a, that's a different <laughs> thing. That's more of like a visceral yeah. reaction to a guy you're supposed to hate and you love hating. Right. But this, but yeah. the movie itself it doesn't resonate to me. Like, by the time it gets to the end and they're on the island, I'm like, well, they made it. But, like, in Dawn of the Dead, I'm like, even though it's, you know, it's ambiguous at best, it's like, I, I felt like I went on a journey with those people. Where, so when we
1: say it's almost there, but lacking some bigger things.
3: Well, yeah. they... they yeah. Originally, they uh, they had a bigger budget and they, it was cut, so they they, they kind of had to scale down on locations and stuff and shoot it in one that one place and i think i I have a feeling it's not necessarily uh, their fault that the characterization got a little crappy i i i'm guessing they had to make a few changes to make it work but you know I, i do think the budget was one of the things that killed it a little bit but I will say the movie is, holds up surprisingly well. Oh,
0: yeah. It's yeah. a great watch. I, I have a lot of fun yeah. with it. And the, make, oh, the makeup's fantastic in that movie. I mean, it's a oh, absolutely.
1: I, I love the dream sequence where she goes to the wall with the calendar on it and all the arms come out. Mm-hmm.
3: That's the opening scene in the movie, too. Yes, that's, really that's right, yeah. Cool. And the
0: score is great. I really like the – mm-hmm. it's a different flavor <laughs> compared to – like, I like that all the the, the Don movies – the good ones um and i like land too we'll get to that but i i like no. that they, they all have a kind of different feel like they're not they don't run together like sequels do and i think that's now i think that's yeah. to their advantage i think that i think romero's very smart about not making them direct continuations and making them more their own thing that kind of take place in the time they're coming from as opposed to you know you know this character leads to this character that kind of thing like a traditional sequel i think it works better this way and i like the kind of um were they like florida right or something like i like the kind of but they're underground doesn't really matter but i like the feel that you get from this movie and the score and the kind of the attitude of it that said i yeah it's this kind of there's a level of nihilism in there that I, i don't enjoy as much and it's the care and and yeah you mentioned the budget and I'm at, I'm of two minds about that. On the one hand, I imagine the bigger budget may have gotten them different actors, and while that might uh-huh. that might have cost us some, you know, cult favorite performances such as Rhodes, it might have given us some actors that might have made the material more resonate more.
3: Perhaps, um, yeah. It's
0: because I mean, even if you have to slash the budget, it's like the you'd still think the writing of the characters would be better handled i don't know if mm-hmm. i don't know if budgetary things caused that to change
3: well uh, i mean if they had to change actual locations they may have had to change the dialogue and they may have to change a little bit of the writing desperate you know i, I don't know i mean it, that's something i'm not really sure of but it, sure. it could yeah. absolutely affect it, it I, yeah I, I don't hurt.
0: i don't deny that but at the same time there's also this kind of thing in me where i think when it comes to directors, horror directors, especially ones that work with small budgets, or even just people that work with small budgets in general, when your back's pushed to the wall, that's when you get some of the most creative stuff. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. That, that's Robert Riga's like, entire career. I mean, it's Although, just to like be, ha- to be so fair, to there is
3: – again, that movie holds up way better than uh, – I think people give it credit oh, for. Oh, I agree. I, I, I agree. You know.
0: I, I, yeah, no, I don't think he was short on ideas for – you know how to make this movie really come to life or whatnot because again it looks Mm -hmm. it looks great for given especially given the budget
1: like it is a great look
3: the effects are are some of the best
1: ever savini says it's his masterpiece is day of the dead oh yeah for
0: Mm -hmm. sure i agree i've said i've said this several times at the show but like there's you know there's a couple deaths towards the end where i don't quite know how they're done where I could probably piece it together if I watched some stuff, but I refuse to just because I'm so conv- right. it's so convincing to see like a head well, being torn off at one scene where I'm like I don't quite, mm-hmm. because of the because of the way like the vocal cords are being ripped apart I'm like I don't quite know offhand how that's done and I don't think I want to I'm just happy to preserve the kind of idea around that There's right. just really you, cool ideas there. you, you the Rose do like a is... how
3: to video on
2: yeah. YouTube?
0: Uh, not quite. No, I'm good. and I have that Scream Factory like the like the, the, like, the feature length documentary. But like mm-hmm. I and I've watched it. It doesn't go into specifically some of those details. But like it's just there's, there's some great ideas for how to make deaths come, come out of this and zombies
3: work and whatnot.
1: Well, and that Rhodes' death has been ripped off like a ton of times. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh.
3: <laughs> Amazing. God, that I I remember when I was a kid, I had a party and I, I put that movie on. Because it was on video, and that was one of my. That and Evil Dead 2 were like two ones I watched over and over. I remember literally everyone in the room was like, that's disgusting, and they all left.
2: That and and as they're
3: leaving,
0: you're and like, choke
2: like. on them!
3: Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, we gotta keep moving. Um, let's see. His next film. Uh, well, there's a creep Monkey show. Shines. Well, this next film is Monkey Shines. There is a creep show too, which he's a writer on. Um, yeah, but man. yeah it's not I mean we don't need to talk about show too uh, yeah. which, which just has some good stuff in it but that's not the subject of this movie uh, Monkey Shines Monkey is Shines. awesome
3: I love this movie I love this movie I, I, again I haven't seen it for a while but I remember seeing it and I was like this doesn't feel like a Romero film but it, it, there's something really uh, the, 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 the lead guy the lead performance was really good I like this movie a lot at least when I was a kid I, I haven't seen it for like Quite a few years, but this is one I want to revisit actually. When I, I was hoping to do revisit before tonight, but oh well, <laughs>
1: it's okay, it's a bit long. Okay, it's almost it's almost two hours. I, I had to do it uh, it, whenever the Scream Factory came out, and I was like, Oh, Monkey Child, I remember this, and it's got some stuff, it doesn't hold up as well as I remembered, and a lot uh-huh. of it's because it's so long, but it's got some really good stuff in it for sure. Okay, it's, it's Fair open, it opens really strong. And uh, the monkey stuff's pretty cool. It just needed to be a little bit tighter.
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: So I, I will.
0: At least that sounds that sounds fine. <laughs> it's going to be a minute before I get back to. Actually, no, because we talked about this last week. The next thing is two evil eyes, which is huh? the, which is the co-direction between him and Argento. We talked about the black cat one, which I have seen. Um, although that's Argento, apparently <laughs> that's that's the one he did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know the other half of this. I don't know the facts in the case of. M. Valdemar with Adrian Barbo um, mm.
1: and Tom Atkins apparently is in that also <laughs> yeah because when you can get Tom Atkins yeah
3: pretty much yeah. good guy to have when you're making a horror film during this time
0: there's also the Night of the Living Dead remake directed by uh, Savini right? Savini,
3: yeah. yep one of the most underrated remakes that movie was really solid on every level uh, the, the the kills, the gore uh, the Patricia Tallman was
1: awesome in mm-hmm. that film,
3: I, I really like that film. Ooh,
1: Tony, Todd. Tony, Tony Todd, Tony Todd gets to play
0: a good guy in a movie. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. And All they I had mean, a guy that was like just as bad as an assholes as in the first one, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I like the little change they made around at the end. That was fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Tom towels, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Every uh, portrait of a serial killer guy. Yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of that, we, we forgot to mention: Day of the Dead went up against uh, Return of the Living Dead, which was done by his contemporaries from Night of the Living Dead, John Russo. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the other guy's name? Mm-hmm. But that's what they took their kind of cre- credentials with and made a sequel to Night of the Living Dead that they wanted rather than uh, what Romero was doing. Mm-hmm. And they certainly yep. amped up the comedy factor as well. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. sure. a, lot that's,
1: a lot of that's Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's his yeah. To it. Interestingly,
0: yeah. de- Return of the Living Dead, which is not a film I think many people I mean poor aficionados, like you know, we've seen that movie, but I feel like a lot of people haven't seen Return of the Living Dead. Yet the concept of brains stems from that movie and everyone seems brains, to associate yeah. zombies eating brains and running zombies.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even yeah. running
0: zombies. That's a less of a thing, I think, compared to like the I mean, now it's a thing. And it, we'll get to that, I guess. But like mm-hmm. the concept of zombies eating brains and moaning brains mm-hmm. is from a movie that I don't think many people really have seen. Like, so it's, that's always an interesting. Well,
1: it's like mm-hmm. the, the, the Frankenstein's monster stance where he's got the arms out um, and walks like that is from. Ghosts of Frankenstein, where mm-hmm. he's blind and he can't see. Well, that no, it's uh Frankenstein meets a Wolfman. Uh, he's blind and he can't see, and that's why he's got his arms outstretched like that, and, and yet yet walking around. A, and and that,
0: it's adopted by popular culture as far as like this is this is how you do Frankenstein. You I mean, put your yeah. arms out mm-hmm. and do a do a Hitler walk. Apparently,
3: <laughs> like that's right. the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. that's well, it is came, that what they yeah. call it? The Hitler.
0: Yeah, you Hitler do walk? doing the Hitler. <laughs> that's that's what the kids say, right? <laughs>
1: Oh Jesus! To the <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just like the Bartman. It's, <laughs> it's been, a but but better. That's, that's what they say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the next thing I see here is uh, the Dark Half. I don't know this sure? movie. It's... I love this movie.
3: It's a Stephen King adaptation. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, okay, no, no, yeah, the one with Timothy Hutton, right? Timothy Hutton, and I think I want to say Amy Madigan was the uh, yes, female lead Michael Rooker, in that. yeah. Michael Rooker, yeah, it's a, that movie I remember really liking, but weirdly enough, I don't remember much of it. Mm-hmm. To, to be honest, I know it, it's about a writer, and I, but I, I, it's very vague to me. But I remember really liking it when I, I was, I was younger, and I, I, it was at the time I was like, oh, if Stephen King was attached to a movie, I would absolutely see it, even if it sucked, I would, I was still in.
1: Yeah, I was well, I mean, Brendan, what what <laughs> I, do you remember?
3: You know, that's only when I didn't like dinner. I thought that was I I didn't know I did, but weird. I
1: was there cuz King, new Stephen King. No. Yeah,
3: no, it's true. It's uh, did you what did what are your thoughts on Dark Half?
1: It's so it's 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 solid. It's a I mean, it's, a, it's more thriller-ish with horror vibes.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so it's kind of different for him. Um, but it works. I, yeah, I like absolutely. It. I like it's one of the I think it's one of the more underseen king movies nowadays. I'm sure I mean back then I think more people probably had seen it, but as time's gone by I think it's been one that's kind of never recommended when you're talking about like the king movies to see. You know, I'm not saying it's one of the king movies to see, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's better than average.
3: Oh, and it was Royal Daniels uh, last film too. Yeah.
1: And it, there you go. Robert Joy was in it. Who he brings back for Land of the Dead. Land of the Dead, yeah. Ah, I love
0: Robert Joy. That guy's awesome. The uh, the next film was Bruiser, which I have seen, not in many years, but this not one,
3: one of his best.
0: <laughs> I I don't recall it being great, but I don't. I mean, I don't recall it being terrible either. Um, uh, because I I like the, I like Jason Fleming,
2: <laughs> um, mm-hmm.
0: and it was like oh he got it like elite like he's coming off of like Lock Stock and like snazz, like that's that guy in those Guy Richie movies and he starts seeing him around and stuff I'm like okay what's the i knew this romero movie called Brute and he has like a face like the fate the whole face thing is like the concept and the other notable thing is that this is where he starts to move his camera around like this is I mean, mm-hmm. it's a it's that's what i was talking about earlier with the static stuff this is where he actually starts kind of like playing around with his style which compared to we'll get to hooper but compared to Hoop, hooper i think is a bit more limited uh, but i mean it, it Given that Romero's not, you know, he's not at this point not super prolific. It's like, okay, he's actually making some steps as a filmmaker that I I found to be kind of interesting. Uh, the movie itself, yeah, like you're we saying, it's it's not yeah, great, not, not great, not great. <laughs> um, but it's it's one to look at if you're you know a Romero completist that needs to see something. I, th- I think there's some good stuff in it. Uh, oh yeah,
3: it's it's one I'd probably I'd probably check out again just as a fan of the as a fan of Romero's. I I I, I tend to like his stuff even if it's not my favorite. <laughs>
0: That's fair. Well, we'll see, how, we'll see where the limits of that go as we get to some of the later films here. But oh, there, yeah, there is one. Yeah. There is one. Uh, but the next one is one I am happy with. Uh, Land His of the final
1: dead. film, right? His yeah, final film. Yeah, the film. final dead
0: film, Land of the Dead. The final, yeah. <laughs> the one that ended Which, it all.
1: <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a very big soft spot for this movie. I like it a I lot. Love I love this get, movie. I get mad when people go, oh, it's Dead Trilogy. I'm like, it's not a trilogy. It's a quadrilogy because the biker's back in this movie. It's another extension uh, of uh, what he was doing with the how the zombies are uh, evolving, mm-hmm. and it's his it's almost his idea that he wanted for the third film, um, but I had a blast of this this movie when I when I moved to Los Angeles my first day there didn't know what I was doing I and I was like well I wanted to see Land of the Dead I didn't get to that before I moved so I bought a ticket to go see it by myself at the Arclight and I. You know, had a ball. Uh LA audiences are great audiences to see a movie with, I'll tell you that. It's much they can be than anywhere else. Um I learned that right away and you know, so this is the first movie I saw when I my first mm-hmm. day there, I saw it and I had a great time. I loved it. But it's actually very good. Like I, I don't understand where film. people people have been hard on it, but I'm like
3: well, critically,
1: I, I think it did rather well. It did, I yeah, it actually. It, did. Got... it didn't do uh, box office yeah. like they would have wanted, but critically. Which is
0: weird. Like, it came out in 2005. It's coming out after Dawn of the Dead and 28 Days Later kind of, like, revitalized the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, the master of this zombie genre has come out with a new edition of his film. It's like, how did, how did this not become, like, a big thing? And I don't know. Maybe I mean, it just got buried in yeah. – because it was, like, a summer release, right? So maybe It came
1: to... out, like couple of week... like, a week or two after Batman Begins. And, everybody,
0: yeah. and everybody's yeah. like, we don't need zombies anymore. We have Batman back. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think open the same. thing
1: we can just bewitched, and you know, everybody true. still talks about bewitched. So and, yeah, but, I, but no,
3: it, I, it's such a great and Dennis Hopper, man. What oh, I, he's so, he,
1: zombies. like,
2: they
0: freak me out.
3: <laughs> speaking speaking lines. of a, a speaking of a movie that actually is is very timely, that that I it's heavily political. I think that. I think he even went farther than he had before with that film, politically
0: speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like it, it's very much wearing its heart on its sleeve as far as like points it's trying to make about coexisting mm-hmm. with people, certain uh, walls <laughs> around cities <laughs> and things of that nature. I mean, it, it's very overt mm-hmm. in a timeline well, that wasn't even an issue. <laughs> where <we're> like, <laughs> I know.
1: And you know what's funny is this one has like uh, night and day. Don's the only one who really doesn't have a focal point zombie at all in the movie. I mean, there's a lot of memorable zombies from Dawn The Dead, but the first one has Heinzman's first zombie who's around the whole movie, always features oh, Day of the right, Dead. Right. Day of the Dead has Bub, and then this one has the, uh, mechanic, the, ga- the uh, mechanic, gas station yeah. attending yeah. guy. Uh, I, you, I, yeah. I, mean, I, I love I, that.
0: I, Don, I'm just thinking of specific, I'm thinking of Harry Krishna zombie. But I, yeah, I guess the the one I would think,
1: the, zombie the one I would the one I would think zombie the
0: one I would single out is probably the one that holds the um the gun, um it's the but like even then yeah, yeah compared to what you're saying I guess, I guess you,
1: you get flyboy like, Boy, towards the end you follow him around well, he had, so. I mean he has mm-hmm. Romero's
0: favorite zombie walk of all time so he gets credit right. for that
1: <laughs>
2: um
0: but yeah no I see what you're saying as far as it kind of leads not even like a lead as far as like he's guiding the zombies but more of like um you know, the one you associate with the movie,
2: you can associate a
0: lot with Don as opposed to the rest of them, which have Bub or gas station Uh, mechanic.
1: Legazamo's good in this movie. Legazamo's great Uh, in
3: this movie.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh,
3: he's so so good.
1: Asia Argento, I I always like her, but she never really broke out here in America. No,
3: she and she's great in this movie, too.
0: She was
1: really good. She did this in Triple X, and then I guess we were done with her, apparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, apparently. uh,
0: she d- she started becoming a director and doing her own stuff, so I think she's yeah. probably fine living on the no. the uh, Argento fortune. Probably. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, no, there's a lot of like you know random character actors that show up here and are good. Even Simon Baker is like a solid yeah. lead. Like he does his job. Like he does what's required for the role.
3: And um, don't forget we have Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright in yes. there. Oh no, yeah. Was it Simon Pegg and it's, Edgar it, Wright or, it, or Edgar, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost? No, it's
0: Edgar Wright because Edgar Wright's on the cover of the movie. He's on the he main. Right. He's one of the main zombie. You're on the, on right. The yeah. Which he's claiming uh, he's like that's one of his oh pr- yeah. proudest moments in filmmaking that he got to be on the poster oh, for Romero's dead movies. <laughs>
3: so. How amazing would that be? How, how amazing would it be to part of the, be part of that history? Yeah, you know I, that that would be amazing.
0: And uh, like I've I was gonna do some prep for this pop by watching some of these, and I have watched other movies, but I specifically didn't watch Land because I'm looking forward to that Scream Factory Land yeah. release is coming out. It's like it's I can't wait. I want I wanna, mm. I haven't watched it in a while, so I'm like yeah I'm just gonna hold back here because. It's a it's a solid zombie movie and it's a solid it Romero film. Like it does a lot of good stuff. Well, it looks great, obviously. Uh, it, it, there's some effect stuff that's like okay, it's okay, but you know it's always it's Romero. He's always having to work I mean, against the yeah. budget. He
1: was he was supposed to make this movie in the '90s, but it, you know no yeah. one wanted to make zombie movies in the '90s. Yeah. Yep. But uh, no, yeah. this, this is, and, yep. and and then, and
0: then the... did we mention Robert Joy again? Because Robert Joy's great yep. in this movie too. He's, yep. Oh, he's got a
1: good character. Yeah. He's yes. good. yeah. Well, yeah. And then. And then uh, next, uh, Romero's uh, grandchildren would make a film that he would say he directed. <laughs> yeah,
0: next we get Diary I... of the Dead, which is is not is not is not good.
3: <laughs> I you know actually I I'm I'm in the minority. I like the film. I like Diary. The only there's only one of them I didn't didn't like well we'll get Survival. to that one in a second but oh, the yeah I, I yeah i liked conceptually I, I, I do like some do. of the ideas here
1: but i like the opening sequence of it i i like what they wanted to do but i don't, I don't know maybe if if cloverfield doesn't come out right before it i think differently but it's maybe I don't I don't like watching a guy um, sit and watch with his camera as his friends are being killed and hunted by zombies, <laughs> and we're supposed to be like, "Yay, main character!" I just I don't know. I think he makes a lot of mistakes, uh, which you know what could be learning curves for the whole found footage phenomenon. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. It is. Um, and I don't like the oh well. I have uh, reassembled the footage with the uh, music and stuff to intensify everything. Like uh, that. That's. N- that, that's when
0: I rolled well, my eyes. to like, be okay,
3: fair, go on, to be sorry. fair, too, I mean, when I've seen the movie, I, I, I've seen like Land of the Dead, uh, Day of the Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead several times, everything since I've seen one time. That's it. I've never returned. <laughs> okay. But I did. I didn't I didn't hate it. It wasn't one of those. I was like, oh, this is terrible. I just never got
1: around to watching. I left yeah, the so theater pissed.
3: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. No, yeah. I wasn't bothered by it. I, I, wasn't, saw I... I wasn't pissed.
1: Well, I went and saw the, the new art, and like it was like a 4 o'clock show. And they're like, well, um, are you sure you don't want tickets to the next showing? Uh, George is going to be here, and he'll be doing a and a And I had to be somewhere for something. I couldn't do that. I was like, oh, I was all bummed. I was like, I miss George Romero. And I go, I watch the movie. I'm like, well, George Romero better be glad I didn't go to that Q&A because I was not.
0: Happy I, with that I saw it in Santa Barbara while I was in college. It, I saw it at the theater there. I was like, "Oh, this is there's acting going on here." But, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have much to add on *Diary of the Dead*, which is a shame because we're also going to lead off of *Survival of the Dead*. <laughs> well, I mean,
3: honestly, and to and keep in mind, like again, that *Diary of the Dead* wasn't, didn't, did. did I think it's like sixty something in the Unrung Tomatoes. It wasn't a bomb, critically. No, it no,
1: no, a- no. There was a buzz from it because it was playing festivals and stuff. It was like, just show us this damn movie. Mm-hmm.
2: And it, yeah. and
1: then it was like Cloverfield came out, like stole its thunder of being because it was made before Cloverfield. Just like mm-hmm. the like the Poughkeepsie tapes, which is just now coming out, that was made way before the sound footage craze came. Yeah, and yeah.
3: which is obviously this is the perfect time. To release old-fashioned footage movies because oh, it's so hip right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm like, really? Why? why Especially we, why ones about mass murderers. That's just really. The, yeah, it's like seriously.
0: It's October. You get the, get now the, I guess the, so. get Those horror acquisitions out there. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, Dire of the Dead did for whatever reason get pretty strong ratings, but I that's fair when you're faced with Survival of the Dead as
1: the latter.
3: Yeah, that that's that's Which, the now line. these two that's...
1: these two are linked. I don't think these two link back to Land of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. At all. Like they're, I don't
3: they're linked in the, but they it, it was such Survival of the Dead was we were talking about Knight Riders being such a different movie for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Survival of the Dead is like what the hell am I watching? It's like part the Hatfields western of part... with zombies. I and it was so just. It was yeah. It's it's bad. This is a movie. That...
1: This is a movie I watched once, and I I barely. I can't even call, recall a death in the movie. I remember there was these old dudes with gray beards and stuff, people riding around in boats, and then like the the military. Some of the militia guys from the Diary of the Dead showed up for a second.
3: Yeah, it's weird. I don't even remember the film at all. At least with De- *Diary of the Dead*, was the one with the uh, they they had the, the the zombies tied up in the pool, right? Yes. Yep, yep. yep. I remember thinking that was a cool
1: idea. There's, with, there's there's some cool stuff in *Diary of the Dead*. I just I don't care for how the movie you're not worked. fan.
3: I, I that's for me survival. Of that is I I remember uh, like them like caddling zombies at one point. I'm just like, oh god, this. And I remember wanting to look at my watch the entire time, going, "Really? Is this it? I, I, yeah, it's not. I'm not a fan." And sadly, that's his last film.
1: I mean, there's. He was supposed to make a NASCAR zombie movie. That was mm. going to be his final, his next film. Well, I know there was, that a lot. There was a, actually funny.
0: There was commotion going around around him because he was, you know, starting to talk about how The Walking Dead was ruining his chance to make zombie movies. Um, it, it, there's more or less some credence to that as far as what audiences are wanting and what I imagine studios are probably asking for from a, someone that has no interest in doing certain things a certain way. But yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, similar to something like Wes Craven where like scream Four and my soul to take or his last movies. It's like, it's not the highest notes to have gone out on, which is
3: unfortunate. Yeah. It um, is unfortunate.
0: Um, Cause I, you know, it would have been great to not, the, I mean, he'd have to be given basically, a bigger budget than he generally gets and unlimited time, but I, you know, it'd be great to see someone like like George Romero be, come back with like one last great film, regardless if it's an of the dead film or not. Like just something out there that would have been something really special, I guess. And you know, we don't have that now, but he's certainly left behind a legacy. I mean, this this is a, a director mm-hmm. that's you know, as I've mentioned from this top, you know, inspired a genre, um, which not many mm-hmm. filmmakers can say. <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. have something this. Yeah, I, I,
3: I don't. I, I there there is only one name I, that I think of with zombies and it is Romero. I, I get the Walking uh-huh. Dead. And I get. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not really a fan of the Walking Dead. To be honest, I don't. I, besides, that, I think we've discussed. I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah, but I, I, it's just it. To me, those first four films just I, they did it perfectly, and they they they're easy to watch, and they're they're they 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 feel timeless in a weird sort of way they just i don't know there's something about those four movies that really sparked that kind of my my own love for zombie movies and and what you can do with them instead of just go- grossing people out
1: he kind of reminds me like when he's in interviews like he, i get the same feeling like he, he sort of looks and sounds like stan lee yeah uh, in a way like it's no, yeah, he's weird. All... a little bit yeah they're all... just you can tell them apart from one another but they kind of have that like they could be like cousins or brothers or something well
3: it's funny I, I i I'm very very honored I got to interview him twice I want to say uh and it was just he was so warm and he felt like talking to him he was just so just genuine and just heartfelt and you he, he just he was so smart it just a pleasure being in his company. So I can imagine what it was like on the set. And I have I have heard he was such a terrific person to work for, and, and I think that's why a lot of people worked under pretty difficult budgets to work with him, because it's George Romero, you know?
0: Yeah, I've always, from his commentaries, I mean, there's obviously, like, behind-the-scenes stuff and whatnot on the Blu-rays and whatnot of his movies, but, like, on the commentaries where he's actually talking with Savini or whoever, um, he always has this kind of gentleness to him which is you know he's a man that's made you know vicious zombie movies but he has this kind of quality where it's like yeah this seems like a friendly guy who has you know lots on his mind and a lot of creativity he wants to explore and it's it's nice to see the output that Mm -hmm. he was able to deliver certainly in the films that i you know most admire of being the of the dead films but the other ones that we mentioned as well like creep show or martin like there's a lot of Mm -hmm. significant things that he's able to contribute to the world of horror um, and he's passed on now, which is you know a shame. He he, uh, but he certainly has had an impact on cinema. There's obviously many filmmakers that have been influenced by him. Um, mm-hmm. and, and
3: it's well, come on, we wouldn't have Walking Dead without Romero. Oh,
2: we yeah. just would. Oh, I mean, period. Yeah.
3: Like,
0: yeah, Kirkman. Robert Kirkman's obviously. We wouldn't
3: have that, Resident you know, Evil. Right? We wouldn't have any of that. I mean, I mean he, he, that I'd be fine. He, he was legendary. Right? Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey,
2: hey,
3: hey, hey. <laughs> we wouldn't have the video games either. Come on.
0: That, yeah, that that'd be unfortunate. I, I can go. For, I can go with that. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, George A. Romero, you know, a big a uh, big fa- big factor when it comes to kind of horror, horror icons that he'll be missed. And yeah, know, sometimes it'd be you know it'd be great to move on to another filmmaker. It's like, well, he's at least still you know, around and still you know churning him out. But we got to go to Toby Hooper now, who also, as I mentioned, passed away this year. Um, mm. But um, here's another guy who made. Um, Brandon, as you mentioned right at the top, you know he made like a, a, film right away that kind of catapulted him to to fame. Um, mm-hmm. Was a huge success, small budget. Toby Hooper, of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, eggshells. Egg oh, oh, yes, eggshells <laughs> is his Egg <laughs> is his first film, um, made yeah. much cheaper. Um, but yeah, right. five years later, he makes Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, which yeah, um, I, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know much, how much we've talked about this film on this podcast, but it is certainly one that I love. Uh, yeah. It's the kind of thing where I've talked about kind of things that scare me in horror films or whatnot. And we've talked about like, you know, some of the kind of, you know, the standard modern movie kind of monsters like Freddy or Jason, um, Michael Myers, Chucky, whatnot. Something, you know, those, they have their own qualities to them and, you know, to each their own as far as what you get scared of. A towering man. You know, large, heavy set person that sprints after you nonstop with a chainsaw—that's frightening to me. <laughs> that, that kind of—that gets the blood moving. <laughs> and that's...
1: And he's, he, he's not Leatherface. Gets thrown in with you know Michael and Jason to where someone who's never seen any of these movies would expect him to do the same thing, and he is not.
3: He no, is, he's nothing like. He those is like
1: always last in charge. He's part of a group. He, I mean, he gets. You know, he he can do some hunting if he screws something up, which is what happens in this, uh, in all the movies. But he's you know he's the chef. He's you know kind of a, like almost a mother figure, um, in their little messed up family that they'll have. He's yeah. more uh, like the maid or he's or he's either a, a mother figure. I would
3: say I would say a mother figure. I'd say like he's almost like their
1: kid. Well, he's, he's like, like a, a kid, but he's also he's also mother. Well, in the first movie, he comes with a woman's face on to serve dinner and get it all. Prepared, but then That's uh, said, another like one the said like he prepares yeah. everything, he gets things ready, yeah. <laughs> like, and he's also yeah, he, like I, you said, Jimmy, he's also can play the role of like a a, a big dumb kid too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it,
3: it, it's it's a fascinating. Th- this movie takes a chance on Oscar, God, like you said, we've talked about so many times, but my God, it's such a stunning film, and it, it's a weird movie. I th- I don't recommend people who are really young see it. Because I don't think they're going to get the um, the, the the inten- impact, the intention behind it. But my God, it's one of those just
2: intensely
3: powerful films, and it's not even there's no blood. There's it's just this effed up situation. I forget if I can say the other word. Um, that, that it's just so innately terrifying. Even the stuff that has nothing to do with Leatherface, the the opening shots of the grave robbers. That, well, the, that, that,
1: the dinner table scene at the like towards oh the end that unsettled God. the hell out of me when mm-hmm. I you know was a kid watching I did not understand yeah. what the hell I was watching but it didn't make me feel good I felt uncomfortable and just, well, yeah, what, I wanted Sally to get out of there.
2: What, <laughs> I, was, I mean I one of the, the, the
0: one I, of the greatest aspects of the movie it's a cinematography. I mean Daniel, oh, Pearl, uh, does Daniel Pearl tremendous. Stuff. I mean there's that iconic tracking shot that follows the girl from the swing to the to the house. I mean there's so I mean then that's just one thing how, but I mean just how the, many the, times the has that been
3: copied. Copy too. Like every movie copies that scene.
0: It's and, brilliant. I and love there's, it. There's great editing in this movie. There's a great like sense of rhythm to how things are kind of escalating as it goes along, and it has this mm-hmm. kind of. It's in this early '70s. It has this dirty feel. It goes honestly it goes right alongside it looks... like French Connection. It has this documentary feel to it. Like yeah, it just, feels it,
3: like a documentary. and yeah. It,
0: it, it just, just it really just it gives it you. It was a,
1: hot and it feels hot.
0: Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I I talked feels... hey, Brandon. We talked about this with Blade Runner, where it, that movie has a, like a sense of texture to it, and this is another one mm-hmm. that has that kind of thing going for it, where you really everything you you it's a sensory overload as far as what's going on here where which is oh yeah why the you know the lack of gore makes no difference because you kind of feel everything that's happening and it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt that Marilyn Burns was actually you know experiencing some of these things she was actually getting hit with stuff and getting cut in places and it's like well, yeah but,
1: you know. it's sad you know Hooper's gone too but a lot of this cast has passed away yeah, Marilyn already
0: Marilyn Burns passed away what, Yeah,
1: like yeah Marilyn Burns uh, yeah uh, Gunner Hansen uh, passed away. In the wheelchair, passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. like, yeah, it's like a lot of the the main players from this movie have are gone. Which is- well, I mean, it,
3: you know, it's seventy four. It's a right. long time, and they weren't all they weren't all young. So it's uh the, at least not that young. It's it's a uh, yeah. It's that, that God. That, what a landmark, man. I mean that that belongs up there with halloween and psycho I, as much as any other it's such a fantastic film
0: oh it is and it's certainly it's hugely influential i mean on a lot mm-hmm. of tons of filmmakers not just horror filmmakers tons of filmmakers uh, as far as just kind of the absolutely style that's going on with it and its impact on culture like there's just there's so much there i <laughs> but yeah to, toby hooper um comes out swinging out the gate protects a chainsaw massacre mm-hmm. <laughs> um and, you know once again made not for much money um, but you know, also a giant hit just like Night of the Living Dead was. I didn't mm-hmm. mention John, John Larraquette, by the way. <laughs> John Larraquette's still kicking right? it, he's on that TV show with uh, Bobby Wanahan right there. Now. We go, so there we go. He's, yeah. he's doing his thing, there <laughs> um, yeah. go. Uh, uh, but, but, um, point we'll get to you know some of the sequels and whatnot later on but you know but there's plenty of things that come out of texas Chainsaw massacre as well some good lots bad um, but um <laughs> what's that what's after that it's um eating
1: uh, eaten alive right alive. Uh, it's yeah. a nasty movie um it is, actually we watched it in prep for this uh i was watching it today too i,
3: I didn't get to finish it i'm bummed because i it's, it's got it's, maryland it's chambers again maryland Marilyn burns Burns, sorry, yeah. That's a different type of movie.
1: Yeah, different type of movie. A, yeah, type of movie. Uh, no green doors here. Um, no. But yeah, it's a, about a guy who murders people in his hotel and has an alligator outside that he feeds them to. Mm-hmm, yeah.
3: And the opening yeah. scene with Robert England.
1: Yeah, you know, Robert, a he's a creep. Yeah, he oh, is a creep he's a in this.
3: Creep! Oh my god, he's awful. Who becomes it's, a, it's, it's, He's a main.
1: He's a mainstay. So with, not with, a, uh, Hooper
0: too. Unglin like d- does a lot of films with him. As it kind
1: yes, of he movie. does. Yeah, he did a few. Yeah. Yeah, he's. Yeah, it, I mean, he's yeah, he's just as bad as you know the villain of the movie, pretty much. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's a dirtbag, but I mean, yeah, this movie's a, it's a mean movie, but you know the difference between. I was thinking about this. I'm like, this movie's just can't be as effective as, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but you know what, what factor's missing is Daniel Pearl. He's not yeah, here, yeah. and I mean, the, the movie's got a look to it, but mm-hmm. it it doesn't have the character that Pearl captures, or could have captured with it if they would stuck together for this one.
0: Interestingly, yeah, doesn't it... Hooper walked off eating alive. He didn't finish yeah. uh, this movie. <laughs> like he had a lot of arguments with, with his producers about
3: it. Yeah, so I, I, I feel like this is one of those that I, I unfortunately it's a it's a I, I don't think it's a bad film at all i think it's actually pretty great i think that kind of hurt it people seeing it it's dude it's an alligator come on he's feeding people to it that's scary <laughs> the
0: uh the next film on the list is well it's a tv movie it's salem's lot yeah um which Some uh based, on, based off Stephen king again has a
3: lot of steven king yeah yeah who almost and here's another movie that i i don't think people even realize where it came from that that scene with the little boy floating out the room out the window oh oh my god i just thinking about look out the window of my apartment i'm just like okay there's no one out there right that 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 legitimately terrified me as a child
1: when i first saw that cable
3: I've heard I'm that like, a lot. This is yeah. free
1: it actually, yeah. it actually uh, they actually cut a feature-length version of Salem's Lot, too. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. popular it's put it in theaters. Uh, funny, funny factoid, you know, he directs Salem's Lot, Daniel Pearl shoots a return to Salem's Lot. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, that was good, by the
1: way. No.
2: <laughs>
1: Tara Reid was brilliant in it, though. <laughs> oh, she's amazing. She's all, always good. Uh, no, you she's got Salem's Lot. Oh, man, landmark. That's... That's great stuff, too. In, in the realm of the Stephen King miniseries, this started them, you know? It
2: mm-hmm. started yeah. on a high note
1: it's, as well. I mean,
3: it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. A great. And one of the I, great I vampire very tales. Very few. Very few ever. Very few of his miniseries lived up to that. Very few. And it, it holds up real, rather well today, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it does have that 70s look and all that, but. Uh,
1: I mean, it doesn't have Rob Lowe, but. Yeah, so. Exactly. Hey, it has what? Oh shoot! What's his name? David? Uh, it's the guy from Magnum Force. Um, no,
3: no, it's Starsky and Hutch. David Soul. Oh well, yeah, he was in Magnum David Force yeah. too. Was it? Oh, he, oh yeah, he was. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so uh, David Soul, James Mason was really super creepy in it. I, what a great movie! The um the next proper film
0: that he does not a TV movie, which it doesn't, you know, it's it's a it was a quality success in its own right. But the next theatrical film is uh the Funhouse. Yes. Uh, was this this a,
3: is my movie. That's what
0: this I. This is what this. I. I this is what I watched I, today. <laughs> I, uh,
3: I love this film so much.
0: What surprises me about the Funhouse is like this seems to lend itself to like any number of sequels. Like this seems so easy to be like let's make oh, yeah. you know Funhouse Two fun you know fun harder more fun. Mm-hmm. How do how can like,
1: I get more of my bloody Valentines and Funhouses is beyond me.
0: Yeah, like this but, seems so easy to keep to making because the fun house it's this like it's a slasher movie that loves um loves like universal monster movies Uh, Mm -hmm. like it's like it has the kind of trappings of a slasher movie where it's a dead teenager movie essentially but it's Mm -hmm. like it sits so in love with masks and horror monsters goes
1: into some weird gross
0: places too yeah Uh, yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's
1: like what am i watching right i just wanted teens getting slashed what's this like monster going down on this woman well
3: and also like again it's there's that kind of like there there's a moment in the film that i won't give away just in case someone hasn't seen it it's so cruel and it involves one of the characters and they think something happens to him and it doesn't yeah and then they you know what i'm talking about it's that a effed up moment man that as a kid i was like what the that and they've done that in a couple of movies they you know accidental whatever I, i'm trying to be as vague as possible I understand. but yeah, yeah. that yeah. movie that movie that messed me up and that the, the monster the original poster of that movie is actually on my facebook page right now mm-hmm. I, that movie is brilliant i love the fun house I, I love the blatant rip-off of halloween and psycho in the beginning I, I love it's it's just a great movie. Well, it's
2: a
0: fun like homage movie. Like he's clearly like mm-hmm. he's he's very much a fan of carp like his contemporary, which would be Carpenter and and obviously Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. And like he he throws those. But I mean, also the movie's filled with like I said like uh, Universal monsters. Like he he's, yeah. he's he's doing a lot of like it's not parody in any way. It's not even it's more it's homage. No. Like it's a lot of like right. let me just like throw like in the midst of this eighties craze of like where slasher movies are really starting to take hold as far as you know upping the upping the blood and gore like there's not many deaths in this film mm-hmm. they're not like and they're not crazy bloody no. when they happen there's but it's all like,
1: about set pieces and, yes it and is yeah. and it's a great mm-hmm.
0: looking movie it's not shot by pearl but like it has this yeah. who's it andrew laszlo i'm seeing uh, who shot the warriors actually um but like it's mm-hmm. a real bright colorful movie like it's like it, it's mm-hmm. called the fun house it feels like a fun house like it really captures yeah. a sense of atmosphere that's
3: fun that and works. that 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 last scene, the chase scene with the final girl. Wow. That thing is awesome. That is honestly one of the best final chase scenes I've seen in a slasher movie. It was well, just, got... Brandon. go ahead.
1: Uh, oh, I was just saying, it's got part of like kid Lord too. It's like, what happens at the, 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 um, the carnival after the lights go down after, what if you stayed in the fun mm-hmm. house after, you know, by yourself at night, like a day or
3: two, because of that movie. I want to, I've always wanted to do that because of, that movie, I'm like that would be like the coolest thing ever to do that.
0: Yeah, this is this is one that I I like recommending to people because it is like it, it doesn't follow a lot of like quote unquote rules of slasher movies, and it has so much else going on that it's like it's a fun and it's fun. It's a fun movie to watch.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it, it's and it's you know it gets this. I got that great Scream Factor release a couple years ago, but it it's kind of under It was one
1: of their launch titles five
0: yeah. years ago with yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of undersung when it comes to like Hooper and just these kind of movies in general. Like it's like it's but it's one that I certainly like to kind of shout out.
3: I know a few people that don't like it and I, I've never really understood that. I, I if you're a fan of slashers, if you're a fan of monsters. Movies, there's just a lot to be done here. It's a lot, a lot of fun, like and, you said. And again, it has so much going for it
0: as far as you know, sequel possibilities. I don't like. I know the movie mm-hmm. wasn't a huge hit, but like, what horror movie is a huge hit that doesn't get sequels? <laughs> I mean, there's so many of some Well, of
3: actually, no. I mean, it, it did make money. It made, it made, it made money, but money. it wasn't like, you I know, mean, like that...
0: it wasn't a huge hit. Like it, it made. Yeah. It did okay. Like, well, you know. I mean,
3: what studio
0: was well, it? That, it's it? It's Universal. It's a Universal oh,
3: movie. No,
1: Universal. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, which is probably maybe why, but I mean, literally every single slasher movie that came out in 80, 81 made, made did well. So they didn't make slasher, you know, they didn't make a sequel yeah. to Final Exam or no. The Burning, you know, they but, know the
1: money yeah. into some bigger project and then made another little slasher that. Yeah, I
3: mean, I think people forget back in the back in the 80s and the early late 70s, early 80s. They didn't just go, oh, well, we're going to do this and make a, a sequel. Rarely did those movies get a sequel. Aside from Halloween, Friday the 13th, and, and the occasional flick, those sl- slasher movies didn't get a sequel.
1: Well, 81 was when uh, we got Friday the 13th Part 2. Right? Yeah, again, again, those got sequels.
3: But none yeah. of the other, Final Exam, The Burning, uh, My Bloody Valentine, The Funhouse, all of, none of those movies got sequels, because I, I, it just wasn't in the, aside from the big ones, it wasn't in people's thought process. It It was all about, it wasn't about like, where do
1: we, where do where do we take the killer next? It was like, what Mm -hmm. kind of mask do we put on a killer in, in this situation? Or it was about making a new, Line up, not bringing the killer back, but making a different killer. Which is exactly. why, which and
0: is which is why Terror Train is one of the best ones because it's like let's give them I, all the masks.
3: <laughs> yeah, I love Terror Train. I yeah. love I love that period. It's like my favorite yeah.
0: period. I know we had to do, do like, you know, two whole eighties episodes because you guys love that period.
3: I so know <laughs> it's the best. <laughs>
0: um, let's uh, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, we'll, we'll move, move on, on but because because yeah. I mean Here. the, the Funhouse may not have. You know, inspired more fun house movies, which is still strange and should still happen. hashtag More fun house movies, but it did get Hooper the job of Poltergeist. Like this will this directly mm-hmm. led to him getting that movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I might get a little soapboxy about Hooper on this one because I get so pissed off about people that claim that Hooper Hooper did not direct Poltergeist as if like he's some kind of novice that never directed a movie before. And it's like, I know right, it's annoying. Let's 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 put this out there because obviously Spielberg he's he had a hand on the screenplay. He developed the story. He was a producer on the film. He and legally he, it, could not direct this film. Yes, he was. He had E. T. going on. He literally like down the street from this movie. <laughs> um, it's insane what was going on in '82. The number of movies that came out around each other and movies that were literally filming next to each other. But yeah, Poltergeist happening and E. T. happening. They're getting filmed, and yeah. The guy liked to hang out in the set of a movie he wrote and produced a lot. Like he was mm-hmm. hanging out
1: there. He probably he wanted to do this. Movie yeah, he so wanted bad. to.
0: He probably had advice for Hooper there. It was a collaborative experience. But if it, like, and I was complaining to you, Brandon, about this around along the time when uh, Hooper died, passed when he passed away. I was like watching watching. I was watching uh, some of his like. Dude, has pe- like hey, people complain about or like make up this or go along with this rumor? It was like, have they actually watched Hooper's films? If you watch Poltergeist, it looks like a Hooper movie. Like, like oh, you guys mm-hmm. just
1: watch Salem's Lot and go, oh yeah, he probably did this. Yeah, like there's nothing, mm-hmm. like,
0: there's there's certainly Spielbergian elements, but that's like you, Brandon, you pointed out this I exact idea. Out, I
1: always point out uh, if you think that, then look at Gremlins because you could say the same thing about Gremlins. Yes, it's got Dante stuff, but it looks Spielberg like the overall look of it. And the sort of ideas with characters and stuff looks are very Spielberg. Yeah, I mean it, it's yeah. very much the aesthetic. It's just how the production company had things. And yeah, it's I mean this, I'm... it's an
0: Amblin type movie, just much like. Yeah. I mean you do, you could look at what like bad robot movies like I mean mm-hmm. they're not all directed by JJ. Like I mean right. it's like there's mm-hmm. there's a there and, is a there's a way to stamp a film with a visual style that doesn't mean that another director automatically wasn't involved because of that and that Hooper. It, it, no, and Hooper's humble Liar. and
1: Hooper, well, Hooper's a shyer, humbler guy. And if Spielberg was around, and Spielberg was like, "You might have to do it this way." He probably said, "Sure." And I, I think Toby Hooper was also um, was it here or was it the canon? No, I was the cannon years. He was having a cocaine problem. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> it was Poltergeist where they had to deliver cases of Dr. Pepper like nonstop because he would like drink like a almost a case a day directing. Wow. Both are guys, but yeah, but...
0: Like, like you were saying, yeah, Hooper is like you know he's a, he's he's a nice guy. That's yeah, he's not the one that's like shouting at the top of his lungs about how to do things. Spielberg is that guy. Yeah. He's like he's a guy that gets on the couch is like now go over there do that thing because this will be cool. Like he's that kind of director, and so yeah. But... People that recall these memories, they probably heard this excited young filmmaker shouting ideas about, like, how to make a thing work. But at the end of the day, this is a Hooper movie. Look at these Look shots. At the yeah. Look at the clown!
1: Look at the clown, exactly! Look at the graveyard that comes up. Look at the, the tree mm-hmm. that it's... At. Like, mm-hmm. this is Hooper's... Look at, um, the... Oh, what's her name? The, the, the psychic that... Uh, Zelda medium to- yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, this... It's, the face it's being ripped off. Come oh yeah, on, that's Hooper. Yes, that's Hooper. the family yeah. dynamic, the characters, the structure. That's it's Spielberg, but that's also stuff on paper. Yeah, um, that, that's mm-hmm. easily going to come out uh, with good actors. I would
3: say uh, uh, the, uh, another thing that I think makes it kind of Spielbergian is obviously the score. It does have that kind of
1: boop, yeah, like that kind it's of. It's an fun... Amblin thing. Like that's yeah, exactly. All, that, you know?
3: But that that has nothing to do with directing. That's not. No, that doesn't. You know, it's like. That's probably one of the reasons people oh it's probably him. No,
1: it's in a Spielberg movie, they don't come out covered in purple sludge. I'm sorry. No, generally happen. not. It's a Hooper thing. Now, generally not,
0: no. Now to step down, let's just say Poltergeist is fucking awesome. Like it's a good movie. <laughs> this movie is PG. So good. You're telling yeah, me you know, when
1: people people get mad about like you know, oh it's not R rated. Poltergeist is PG and scarier than ninety percent of our you know, it's like mm-hmm. Yeah, like we can
0: talk. I can no. talk a lot about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and how great that movie is, but Poltergeist is really good too. Like this movie has some yeah. really creepy stuff in it. has some great performances. I these are some of my favorite movie parents ever with Joe Beth Williams and Craig T. Nelson. They're so good as like the mom and dad that are like of the '80s. Like they they work really jo well Beth's together.
1: great in this movie. She but is Brooke, always right. great, but yes, she is great as well. And this they put movie. her through
0: the ringer in this movie, too. They're like throwing her all up the walls and into the the pool and everything. Like really...
1: And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. I will give that the the one time where this movie feels Spielberg directed is their intro in bed when they're sharing a joint. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that feels yeah, sure. very very I get Jaws flashbacks during that, but that's the only place where I could see maybe he did some stuff. But a lot of producers step in and direct things, too. Like, that, you
3: know? that is true. Very true. Yeah, a lot of actors do. There's there's rumors about certain actors having a lot special when it comes to editing. You know, they, they're they a big enough star. They have a lot more power than you'd think. Yep.
0: Um, a lot of tragedy involving Poltergeist as well, as far as the <laughs> yeah.
3: number of people that were not living um,
0: around after this. We could happened. literally do it. Including an Toby Hooper. Just that. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Brandon.
0: Um but no, this this is another you know great one. Obviously, you know, you have Spielberg's name attached to it. It's going to make some money. And yeah, this was a huge hit. It scored uh, Hooper some of his only Oscar nominations, uh, not for him specifically, but for a film of his. Uh because it was a well-regarded movie uh it came out. Mm-hmm. D- destroyed at the box office uh, in, a, in a summer filled with cult classics.
1: Um Mhm. They have a movie. lot they have their fans. Mhm.
3: And frankly, the remake wasn't terrible. It was all right for, for considering it was a remake. But obviously, it didn't even it, compare to the original. It just felt like a shrug. That's. I mean, that's the ultimate problem with it. It was just like, it, oh. it, it was. It, it felt like a kind of a goofy remix version of. It. Yeah. Well, when they cast that's Sam Rockwell, like well, I'm like,
0: all right. Like, I like, I like that. Let's see where that goes. And it's like, okay, yeah, he did his thing.
3: Yeah. No. Rose, hmm. Rosemary Dewitt. Rosemary Dewitt I, I, works the in there. Cast was, like... Yeah. It was. A, it was. A Good cast, but yeah, we won't talk
0: about that. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Poltergeist, and it had its sequels as well, uh, which Brandon, you reviewed on Why So Blue, the Screen Factory releases of those.
1: Yeah, yes. Um,
0: um, yeah. I, I've actually never seen the sequels, and I have them now, so I, I will be checking them out for the first time soon. A
1: lot of people love the second one a lot. Uh, the third one's got some good stuff in it. It's got some really cool visual effects in it, mm-hmm. the third one. yeah, That's,
0: that's what sold me out of the fact that the effect stuff is supposed to be pretty top-notch. So. yeah, I'll check it out. What's after *Poltergeist*? Uh, it goes. Like, he it's gets the a free picture deal. Canon. Canon.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With
1: uh, a film I love, uh, *Life Force*.
0: Yeah, *Life it's Force*. I, I watched for the first time to
1: be a this week. Big deal.
0: <laughs> it. I mean. And i just said i watched this for the first time this week give and i want it's the um like his director's cut or whatever you want to call it Uh given that it Mm -hmm. it starts off with that like amazing henry mancini theme i'm like this is gonna be a big deal (laughs) like this (laughs) this is gonna be a fantastic based off just those opening music cues and then it could Mm -hmm. be something something completely different but um
1: yeah they should have called it space vampires like the Mm -hmm. book it's yeah. based
0: off a book called the space vampires um, this movie has a lot of weirdness in it but it is basically it's a tradition it's a pretty traditional vampire film that just happens to have more science fiction in it i mean that's kind yeah. of how i saw it like it there's, <laughs> a, there's like a lead vampire kind of character people were getting taken over uh you know it's there's a lot you know it it functions like a vampire movie which i was surprised by uh watching it i wasn't sure what i was getting into until i watched it and yeah it, it's its thing now. Effects wise, this movie's off the charts. <laughs> this movie has all kinds of like different mm-hmm. ideas going. I mean, coming I off. I like Altergeist, the space stuff
1: new. at the beginning. It's it's like kind of alien, kind of its own. Like it's yeah, it's pretty. I like the love the visuals on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of good mat work going on. No, for
0: sure. There's some good like wire work as far as seeing astronauts floating through stuff, and there's like all these frozen
1: vampire space bats inside a ship. Yeah. it's like this mm-hmm. is cool. Like yeah, this is... movie goes for it. <laughs> it's yes, it really right does right away. Like, um, and it's got some really creepy stuff. Like the I love uh, like the the bodies after they've had the life drained out of them. Um, yeah, it's and then it has this huge like ending where the city's coming down so well, the score nice... comes
0: back in and i
1: really
2: right, like it yeah, <laughs> it's like that. yeah i can't yeah.
0: emphasize how much i like that score that yeah, every patrick man City score with hair. is so good yeah patrick stewart's in here like and it's like yeah. one of his early roles and it, yeah he has more hair than normal he still has that you know still bald on top um <laughs>
2: but... yeah
3: uh, another of course another script by dan o'bannon and uh with uh don jacoby
0: which I was not surprised by watching this movie. It's like, yep, this feels no. like an <laughs> right? Yes, it really
3: does. It really does. <laughs> um,
0: and a very British film too. Like this, it's mainly British right, actors yeah. in this movie. <laughs> like it's, cause it's like set in London for the most part. I think
1: it shot overseas too.
0: Yeah. He shot in London. Mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Like he, um, or at least in Europe, I think, but yeah, it was very, it was, like, it was British canon,
1: the, the, you know, the canon bought onto the, the poltergeist thing. They were like, ah, Spielberg didn't do that. Um, and they signed Cooper a three-picture deal, and they just kind of said, "Here you go, make this, or you can make this, and uh, we'll leave you alone." Yeah, they gave him and a bunch of back. money, like for canon they, especially. They gave him a bunch yeah, of money. <laughs> did not like what he had. They chopped the film up into a kind of a mess, um, but it's still kind of enjoyable. You could kind of like appreciate what's going on, but that director's cut really makes it's. It's still a bit long, but it makes things make sense it a lot yeah. better, but yeah,
0: barely. By the way, too. So I, I, I I'm curious what the other, you know, the, original, the theatrical cut looks like. Just like this, this barely makes sense. So why did the the cut version of this work? But no, mm-hmm. it's it's very much a film of. It's like watching what is it like like Burton go full Burton on Batman Returns. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. you've seen Hooper, but here's Hooper with all the money he wants doing whatever, and like that's the
1: right.
2: <laughs> And another movie
1: that shows like yeah, I think he could have done yeah, he definitely did Poltergeist.
2: He doesn't have oh, the Amblin
1: sure. studio backing this time, but I mean still still a lot of things remind me of a lot of the Poltergeist effects, but with less money.
0: So this next one I haven't seen yet. It's Invaders from Mars remake.
3: Yeah, it's a remake and I I barely remember it. I know I saw it at one point, but
1: Daniel it, Pearl for green it's for Yeah.
3: And I, I I just remember not being overly impressed by it. I felt like a creature
0: design. I I've, I've heard this is the idea was, of this was to him, he wanted to make a family-friendly horror movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, was exactly. the, that was the
1: that was the the, yeah, uh, the idea. Follow a kid and Karen Black around. Pretty much yeah. um it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, it's my it's my least favorite of his canon trio.
3: Oh uh, yeah, mine for sure, for sure.
0: Given what's coming next, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Even though I haven't seen it yet, but I, at some point I'll, I'll check. It oh, out. but um, yeah. the next one, excuse
1: me, the next one is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two,
0: which, which is...
1: I I have to I had this realization a year or so ago that, um, oddly enough, I have to say that this is one of my. I have to admit that this is to myself that I'm like this is one of your favorite this is one of my favorite movies ever because I realized I own this thing twice on VHS I owned it twice on DVD and I've owned it three times on Blu-ray through different <laughs> Jeez,
3: versions. Wow!
1: So well, it's, apparently it's a, it's I'm in amazing. love with this movie and this like I want every bonus feature I can the best looking picture of this I can for some reason like Arrow Video had like a really good version and then Scream Factory released a version and if you combine those either I had the regular one which was just a from the dvd before but you combine the Scream factory and arrow versions you've got you're pretty set. and i this movie's just crazy it's a comedy it's got one of my favorite jump scares of all time it's got a great I
0: poster like, that breakfast club spoof poster yeah. oh my god yeah yeah
1: uh, yeah it's, it's it's a bit insanity it's not even finished um it's got chop top uh bill mosley's like career defined performance mm-hmm. um, again dennis hopper he right. back.
0: Dennis Hopper's fantastic yes. in this
1: movie. He's amazing. Uh, is Carolyn Wynn? Carolyn yeah, Wins yeah, is one of my favorite awesome. final girls. It's just weird because she's this like, hillbilly radio host, but a really well done character. And, I mean, this movie just stuck with me from the first time I saw it. And I've always been fascinated to go back to it. I'm, I'm sure people wouldn't think it's a good movie, but I think a lot of people have come around on it since it came out. No,
3: they – I think I think it's at this point I think it's fairly well regarded. I think a lot of people thought it was
1: a few to, to the original, which it's not. It's no, so it's not at all. It's it's going, a... How do you make a sequel to that? Is mm-hmm. what he's doing. Yeah. and it yeah.
0: Well, I mean, much like um, Romero with with Dawn After Night, like it, it's it's this is obviously way more connected to the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it does feel decidedly different and in a good way. Like it doesn't try mm-hmm. to. Well, I mean, it it ups other things, but it it as far as the kind of tone of the film, it's, it makes a big general shift, in a way that I mean, yeah. like Rob Zombie's obviously influenced by the, by, Hooper, oh, yeah. Hooper he... very much, but <laughs> oh I mean, my look, gosh, but like yeah. look at the look at the jump in quality between House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, and you think about right. something like this where it's like this movie's explicitly following the Sawyer clan essentially. I mean, it has it's kind of a dual narrative of sorts, I guess if you want to call it that way, but like it. Or I guess a triple narrative it has the Dennis Hopper plot too. There's a lot of things
1: happening here in this movie, but it's
2: awesome. Right. I mean, uh, and, I mean, and I, the scene,
1: the scene in the radio station where Chop Top first shows up mm-hmm. with Caroline Williams, and you're just nervously walking around with her and this, this guy, and then there's the part where Leatherface jumps out from already being in. Oh, that that jump scare still can get me. A time oh time my cause god! It's time it's... out. But, the, but Bill Mosley wandering around scratching his head and. Talking, you're unsettling. It's just edge of your seat stuff in a movie that's batshit's insane. It still has that, and
3: it always surprises me how thick the tension is in that flick too. I mm. mean that like that scene you're talking about. That just I I'm on edge every time while watching that scene. I don't know why. It
2: just,
3: it, it almost has the same effect as that you know with that first opening scene and and Texas Chainsaw when he opens. That that famous scene, he opens the door yeah. and they knocks the guy down. It's almost that good. It's just such a great moment.
1: Well, and then she has to, which well, she has to wear the guy's face, and then that big layer under the amusement park. Effects
0: wise, this movie really, mm-hmm. ups, I mean, it's a. Again, this is a decidedly different film than the first film, but like, it, sure, you know, yeah, this is now this is at the point where Hooper's coming off of making a really effects heavy movies like Poltergeist we just mentioned or Life Force. Um, and like here, it's like the gore factor is so like crazy. Like the chop top effects alone to make his head look the way it does is really awesome. But like the for, the work they do on Leatherface and like his use of the of faces, he, the face he gives a stretch. Uh, like there's there's so much there that's. I love the beginning of this movie where you like get the re- mm-hmm. like you get the reveal of Leatherface. As he's kind of like in the back of the car going after the yuppies. Mm-hmm. There's just yeah, like so yeah. much great stuff as far as like Ta- cinematic like makeup creativity here
3: and that kill dude yeah that that opening kill with the oh, dude yeah. the driver yeah the head oh my god yeah. <laughs> freaking God's just gruesome oh my god so good yeah texas chainsaw massacre 2 um wasn't
0: a hit right like it made money but it, like, no. it wasn't like you know you think you you some you would think like the sequel to texas chainsaw massacre with the same director might have gotten a little more acclaim uh, but it wasn't really like a huge deal. Like, it didn't really do much. I, I mean, it, it didn't help that it's, you know, like we just have a mention, it's a weird movie. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah I,
3: it's. I mean, I'm telling you, I think there's something to that. that uh, they just didn't make sequels back then. It wasn't, aside from the biggies like Friday the 13th and Halloween, it wasn't, it was far more rare than it is today. Now, you know, every week we have a sequel almost. Mm-hmm. Back then it was so rare. And I, I think people just, were, you know, as hip to the idea of, oh, well, let's do a sequel, let's see a sequel, it'll be, let's... I don't think it was a guaranteed success back then. I, in fact, I, I don't think they made as much money.
1: Well, no, they, they uh, were... Return. Jason's box office built up, Freddy's built up, they, they they built up to a peak, and then they went down. Because like, yeah, they, went they down started
3: out for right. They. No, five right. made money, and then... But people were disappointed in five, and then, you know, yeah... it. So it, it was never a guarantee. I mean, nowadays, it's all, movies are literally made to, let, how can we have a franchise around
1: Well, this? Canon Films was trying to, like, at this time, they got Hooper back for Texas Chainsaw, and then they, they had Carpenter back for Halloween 4, but things didn't pan out for, for Canon Films with Halloween. And they went up, mm. I can't remember, it's a defunct studio now, but the studio that eventually did Halloween 4. But yeah, they were yeah. trying to get Leatherface and Michael Myers to Dimension, right? Well, no, no, not dimension. No, oh, no, no, I, no, I'm blinking. I don't remember. I mean, yeah. Anchor Bay owns yeah, the rights remember. to him now, but it was like a, a studio that's no longer around. Now, um, no, no. To keep things moving a bit. Um, I script- Things were so awful between him and Spielberg that he did an Amazing Stories episode, and then <laughs> later goes and does a Taken episode. Just saying, yeah, has must a, have been so awful with Poltergeist, or was Hush Hush Money?
0: There's a lot of TV work here. Yeah, yeah there's some, there's some Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. There's an, there's an Equalizer. Um, there's Amazing Stories, like you mentioned. Um, there's a Freddy's Nightmares when they, I made, kind when of, they tried to make Freddy. Yeah, H- I kind of did like the, that no,
2: dangerous he
1: well, he did the origin story of Freddy Krueger. That was the pilot episode mm-hmm. that yeah. he did of Freddy's Nightmares, where it was the trial of Freddy Krueger, where um, he's human.
0: It's before the first Elm Street movie. But yeah, there's a lot of TV there. There's also something no- very notable that I've, I really try not to look over because I literally watched this in preparation for this podcast. The Dancing with Myself music video from Billy Idol was directed oh, by yeah. Bobby Hooper. Uh, the, sorry, the said, MTV, oh, MTV oh, oh. Movie Award winning music video, Dancing with Myself, uh, is a uh, is Toby Hooper's, and that's a good that's a good video. <laughs> it's a it's no thriller, but it's you know it has Billy Idol facing off against zombies on a roof, <laughs> and, it's, yeah. and
3: it's fun. <laughs> but, uh... It's awesome. I love that song. Love that video.
0: Yeah, it's a good song.
3: Uh, now, to be honest, guys, I
0: don't I don't know the rest of these. I know I I don't the the rest of these movies that he,
3: that he made. I've seen most of these. I've seen spontaneous combustion. I don't remember it. I liked I. I I remember liking I'm Dangerous Tonight just because it had mentioned I can never pronounce her name. Amik? Yeah, Amik. She was gorgeous in it. Uh, Night Terrors. I did not see Body Bags. I did not see Body bags, Mangler. You did, uh... Brandon, you've seen Body Bags. You
1: reviewed body, body Bags. bags so. uh, you'll never see Mar- think of Mark Hamill the same
3: again. He... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, did, t- no, no, I he... did see that, but I saw it when I
1: was young, so I don't remember it. He also stars in it, too. He has a cameo. Mm-hmm. as a mortician but you know, Body Bags is a fun thing that I wish more would have came out of it yeah, mm-hmm. George,
0: sorry George uh, John Carpenter uh, directed yeah. some of it right? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah that's how they, it works.
1: they fought over yeah. the uh, Stacey Keach one with the hair um, mm-hmm. but Carpenter ended up getting to do it but he did the eye where Mark Campbell gets is a baseball player he gets an eye implant of a serial killer and then gets crazy if you ever wanted to see Luke Skywalker's butt and him committing sexual assault there you go
3: there you go. Yeah, body bags. Let's see.
0: The Mangler is a film I feel like I saw, but I don't think I have. One. I, I saw it. I saw
1: it.
3: Um, I... the washing machine. Yeah. It's, yes. it's, it's it's not good. It's pretty. It's really it's another, bad. Another Stephen King one, though, and it has Robert Englund another, in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's really bad. It's I uh, I don't remember much, but I just remember even watching it the first time. I'm just like, oh my god, wow, what the hell happened with this movie? You you would de- well I mean it's a killer washing machine technically so you know it's it's kind of dumb
1: yeah after here I'm ooh, I, I saw Toolbox Murders uh, remake but
3: I didn't I didn't li- I like that one I was fine with that one I thought that was actually pretty good
1: it's better than the second one. I like the cast but yes
3: that's what I've heard I didn't I didn't check out the second one I, I missed it and there's a movie called
0: Crocodile
3: that was direct to video that he directed. Um, now, mortuary, mortuary had denise crosby i started watching that and i stopped because it wasn't I, that
1: bad i know mortuary because every time i went to fries it was like a dollar 99 on blu-ray and this is like <laughs> and it, this is like around i don't know like 2008 2009 i'm like what a dollar 99 blu-ray but that's real good
3: yeah yeah it's about that it's about about worth that and his last film is Dejean. That I haven't seen. Yeah, that not that a Wishmaster sequel. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and it makes it like, what's it, like, what happened with uh, with Hooper? Like, what,
1: where, like, where, why you just like these kind of guys just off? all these all these guys like Romero wasn't really working. Mm. Yeah, he, he no. lot, there's, I mean, there's
0: big gaps between you know his '80s work and like
1: Land of the Dead. There's there's just mm, scattered mm, movies I mean, here and there. And like Wes Craven was kind of not doing anything before I mean, he died. Oh, John Carpenter voluntarily mm. just. Stop. John
0: Carpenter Carp- yeah. was the one that was probably the most consistent like he he kept mm-hmm. going regardless of quality I mean because like he had new nightmare like the 90s he kind of he surged back there he had like new ni- mm-hmm. he had new nightmare vampire and broken we don't have to talk about that uh scream yeah. scream 2 scream 3 uh music in the heart music of the heart was in between there yeah. and he kept yeah, well, and, like cursed like he kept
1: he kept putting stuff out
0: like yeah, like, yeah towards mm-hmm. the like the last you know
2: but
1: his stuff would make money too that, that helped uh, and and if it wasn't for the master of horrors th- series i mean it got a lot of those guys some some nice work yeah to do um john but,
3: carpenter did a couple I, I think he did cigarette burns i don't remember
0: the. yeah john carpenter
1: did unborn did. and cigarette burns uh argento did one, some. Yeah. uh they, yeah they got a lot of guys yeah, that argento's another Oscar guy Rally, argento mick garris Ar-
0: Dante Landis,
3: the, yeah, these classic directors—it's—it's it's, it's almost like the studios or, or Hollywood in general just says, "Yeah, we're done with you guys." It's really—it's a strange thing. And I, Tom Holland, the same way with yeah. Friday Night*. I mean, these these really amazing filmmakers. That why can't they get? Because there's plenty of older directors that have tested, last a test of time and still work. And I can't imagine. Why aren't lost.
1: they? Why aren't they getting like low level genre work? Even that's the, right, that's the yeah, weird thing. Because right? if I was like a studio and I could get like a Toby Hooper on the cheap, I'm like, well, wow, crap! That that gets our movie more exposure.
3: Yeah, it's.
2: it's
3: I mean, it's it, it amazes me that they. It, it just it saddens me actually because it's so disrespectful. I. I it, but and I don't know maybe because they're just so associated with one film or you know like Toby. With a Texas Chantel Massacre, uh, Cascarelli with a phantasm. Maybe people don't want to see their other work. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. If they're just. It's a, obviously it's not a it's not a guaranteed success, but it saddens me. I like these guys. It does, and at the same time, I don't. I mean, I
0: don't. You know, we don't know personally, but they they get these opportunities to do these retrospectives, be on these panels on things, get on commentaries, talk about these films, be, produ- be producers on remakes of their movies and be involved in some capacity on these things. Like they, they get the, they get that acclaim. Like it's still like it, their names don't disappear. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's, that's true. That's good. In that, but I in guess, that I
1: guess, I guess they're like kind of like the, uh, you know, some, some bands just keep going on and on. And some just get to that point where they gotta just play the hits and uh, team up with a, another old band to keep relevant and play places, you know? Like, yeah, yeah.
0: But, I mean, it's, they leave a legacy behind, which I think is important yeah. as well. I mean, there's plenty, like I mentioned Hooper's plenty influential in other directors. I mean, uh, like, uh, Hooper
1: didn't die and people went, Oh last film was gin. No, they're like, Hey, remember Texas Chainsaw? That was great. That was great. This Poulter was unappreciated. Guys, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It wasn't, it, it, it doesn't matter what you're like, la- you know, as we, much as we want them to go out on that high, nobody was talking about my soul to take or when Wes Craven died or, you know, yeah.
3: well, I think genre fans are so loyal. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, some of my favorite filmmakers don't, haven't made a ton of great movies. I love one of my favorite guys is the guy that did, uh, and for some reason I'm blanking on his name, the guy that did, uh, uh, oh, shoot just before dawn and, and, and squirm. Okay. And yeah. Brandon help me out here. What?
2: Yeah. I, I, I love that guy's
3: about- work. Jeff Lieberman, yeah, and uh, yeah, Jeff Lieberman at uh, blue sunshine i I will always think of them as great filmmakers. I will never be like, well, yeah you know, they they made a couple good movies, and I think that's I think that's a genre kind of collective. I think we all have such great respect for these characters that they have created and these stories they've told that it, it, you can't go, yeah, they did my soul to take, so screw'em you know i I don't think we can do that. Yeah, at least I can't. Well, with Wes, I think
0: Wes had you know there was a Wes Cameron, pre- like he was he, you know, he was in that like kind of Tarantino realm where he could just put like Wes Cameron presents on something and that kind of automatically attracts attracts attention. Wishmaster, Wishmaster, mm-hmm. Dra- those Dracula yeah. movies, Wishmaster,
1: uh, <laughs> Dracula three yeah. 3- or yeah. two thousand. But
0: these uh, these these yeah. ones of Romero and Hooper, I mean, obviously, yes, they they have these kind of these legacies that are beholden to some of their first projects and you know a few scattered areas here or there as well. But I mean, it's it's much like Jimmy you're saying. I mean, some of your favorite directors only do have sometimes just like a few films to their name that are truly ones that you hold up as some of the best things you've ever seen, and that's perfectly yeah. all It right. Uh, doesn't yeah, take away it's, from it's the, the talent they were able to display at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And w- with that, I mean, I don't know what else we can say at this point beyond I hope that you know George a. Romero and Toby Hooper. I hope you know they they moved, they moved on wherever they moved on to. It's you yeah. Know, I hope they you know it all. Works as, as as well as it needs to for them. It's a, you know it's a shame that they... they are
3: they are very missed. It it, it, it was a weird uh, a very heartbreaking time for I think uh, well a lot of people, but it just uh, the losing those two. Uh, it just Wes Craven these guys. It just it, it's very heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking. I, I I'm lucky enough to I I mean God I think my lucky stars I was able to meet all three of them, and uh, I was honored and. I mean, and I think I th- I pr- probably geeked out and thanked all of them. Oh, you made my childhood so good because of your movies. I, but uh, it's um, it, it sounds mean, and they they are missed. They well, it's really not are because
0: like, I I see a lot of these guys. I don't have these the same privileges that you do sometimes. But like seeing the, a lot of the interviews and what have you, a lot of these horror filmmakers. Are generally really humble guys. <laughs> like like uh-huh. they, they make some of the most depraved stuff as far as the gore on display or what have you. But they're also just like the kindest, nicest people you'll ever meet as well.
3: Yeah, they really. It's true. It's, it's there's something. I I I guess that's way the way the way they get out their aggressions and their dark side. It's they they just make a horror movie and, yeah, they're they're just genuinely nice, decent people. Gunnar Hansen was one of the nicest guys in the world. He was chill. You know, so, yeah, and he, I mean, if you you ever saw Gunnar Hansen, you'd be like, my God, he's huge, he's terrifying. But, yeah, there's something about horror filmmakers, I guess, maybe, that, you know, you release all the bad stuff and you can be a good person. (laughs) So with that, I I think we've
0: done a lot to talk about Romero and Hooper. I've had fun doing this with you guys. Um, Yeah. uh, So, yeah, I just want to, I guess we'll wrap it up here because we can just, you know, move on to. Uh, talking about what neck what's going on next week so next week's show um in honor of the recent release of cult of chucky the latest uh child's play entry from uh, director don mancini writer director don mancini um we're going to do a commentary track for the original child's play um which i think will be a lot of fun um we'll talk about the original you know 1988 film that introduced chucky to the world um and so yeah uh Everybody that's listening to these horror episodes, get prepared for that one. Uh, in the meantime, where can people find more of your guys' work online? Start with Brandon Peters.
1: Uh, you can find me at Cult Cinema Cavalcade, uh, cultcinemacavalcade.com, and on iTunes. Uh, our next episode, I think we have the shocker one out, uh, will be, um, we're talking about Halloween 2 with uh, Ben Scrivens from Fright Rags. Super awesome shirt company. And... Uh, yeah, and then also uh, look up on Facebook and like Don't Flinch, which is a horror project I have going on, which is uh, pretty awesome. You get more details and see our uh, IndieGo thing that's going to be launching on Friday the 13th. Uh, so yeah, please go over there, like that, learn about it. It's going to be a fun time. Jimmy O.
3: Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that. Usually I'm under Jimmy2VO. Of course, I write for com. I write for ArrowInTheHead.com. I'm uh Gosh, what else? Um, I like cats, so I, I don't know if that's relevant. I like cats a lot. I, I'm, yeah, I'm fun. I'm a free spirit. So yeah, date me. No, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing a match, thing, match.com or something. Um, yeah, so you can find me there. And of course, Flicks for fans with um, our our friend to the site, uh, Jason Coleman. We bring the cinematic experience to uh, movie fans. We love it. So there you
0: go. I. Uh... I, I'm hoping we need to get Jason on one for one of these because I do I do want to you know get his uh get his thoughts in this year as we as we have on the past several years with these horror episodes uh by the way Abe was sick that's why he was not able to make it here he informed me what was going on uh, earlier but you can find uh... you can find him on Twitter at, at walrus you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4 as well as on my personal blog the dot you can find all the other episodes of this podcast out at iTunes and on audio boom you know, where everywhere else you find podcasts um thank you Brandon and Jimmy for uh, staying up with me to talk about uh, toby hooper and george Romero.
2: no problem thank and, and you no problems yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, i think that was a lot of fun i hope anybody listening got some good info about these filmmakers and um yeah keep uh, keep listening this month because we're gonna have plenty more horror episodes including our child's play commentary next week so until next time so long and goodbye
2: And the mirror's reflection, I'm a dancer with myself Hell, when there's no one else inside.
3: A drink, cause it'll give me time to think. If I have a chance, I'd as well be dancing, I'll be dancing.